The Batteries Included podcast is brought to you with United Chargers. United Chargers presents the Grizzly range of EV chargers. There's the original Grizzly Classic, a powerful, heavy-duty, portable EV charging station built to withstand the toughest conditions. The Grizzly Duo, a dual-port unit designed to charge two vehicles at the same time. The Grizzly Mini, a small portable charging station built with an indoor-outdoor rated cast aluminium enclosure. And the Grizzly Smart, a revolutionary smart EV charger. All Grizzly chargers come with a convenient 24-foot cable and the ability to adjust the current from 16 amps all the way up to 40 amps. That's 9.6 kilowatts. Plus, they're IP67 rated. Built in Canada with the highest quality materials, order yours now at unitedchargers.com. That's unitedchargers.com. Hello, and welcome to the Batteries Included podcast. It's January the 12th, 2024, and this is episode number 19. Thank you very much for joining us. On today's show, we'll be talking about range testing the EV Porsche Macan and all the EVs coming in 2024. And of course, much, much more. I'm Dominic Yoni, and joining us today is the electrifying Mr. Tom Malogny, Senior Editor at Inside EVs and host of the YouTube channel State of Charge. We also have the Maverick, Mr. Martin Lee, from the EV News Daily Podcast, which is available on all the best podcast platforms. And of course, Kyle Connor joins us from the, the, from the majestic, practically palatial halls of Autospec Studios, where he produces high-voltage videos for a number of YouTube channels. So, hey there, everybody. Good to see you all. All right, so uh, let's kick it over to uh, Mr. Martin Lee for the EV News Daily Weekly Reporting Roundup. Take it away, Martin. Let's get into what's happened over the last few days, the last week. It's been a busy one. Volkswagen brand EV sales last year were almost 400,000. That's 394,000, about 9%, 8%, 9% of their total brand at VW, which is behind their German competitors like Mercedes and BMW. They're into the teens for BEV sales. And almost 20%, one in five, uh, for instance, Mercedes would be uh, rechargeable if you include the plug-in hybrid. So Volkswagen, a way to go. Uh, Volkswagen also unveiling they're going to put chat GPT this year into their ID models, which I thought was a CES kind of buzzword laden eye rolling press release like great AI once again. But it could be a good thing, right? Because large language models are all about talking to these AI systems in everyday language. And that's a good thing because, well, voice in car generally sucks. And so if you can just say to the car, hey, take me home or just use everyday language and it knows what you're talking about, well, that's got to be a good thing. So well done, VW. Uh, Google Chrome is being rolled out to those cars that have full-fat Android, like the Volvos and Polestars. And even if you just plug your phone and your Android phone in to get Android Auto, they're now going to have more access to the BMS and be able to see your battery state of charge. And so that's coming out with the Ford F-150 Lightning and the Mac-E to begin with this year. Uh, and so when you nav somewhere, uh, it'll be a proper navigation experience. So it'll know your state of charge at the chargers on the way, what kind of charger it is, how long to be there, what your state of charge will be when you leave. And that'll just be by plugging in your Android phone. Of course, the car companies have to open up some of that data to, uh, to Google. So... Uh, it won't be immediate, but like I say, it starts with the Fords this year. Uh, the US achieved 1.1 million pure BEV sales last year in 2023. In fact, on a call this week with Pete Buttigieg, um, he mentioned the number 1.3 million for 2023. So one of that's just Cox data, the 1.1 million. Either way, a fantastic milestone. Tesla updated 
their EPA ranges online this week. They were all reduced, by the way, uh, following a change to the testing procedures. Uh, EV adoption is more influenced by operating costs than anything else. And whilst gas prices are in decline, it means that people might hang on to their combustion vehicles a little bit longer. That makes perfect sense, according to a Deloitte study. As they look to save money, then EV adoption will increase over this decade. France implemented their new stricter measures on accessing incentives. Effectively, it's the China import EV ban. It's based on pollution and, and where the vehicles are made and things like that. But it effectively means you can't get an incentive now on a Chinese car. Very French way of doing it. Uh, Hungary is investing in their battery production. A $2 billion investment uh, means that when it all shakes out, Hungary will be the fourth biggest cell maker in the world. Fisker is moving from direct sales wholesale to dealership model of sales and service. No Herbert Deese, who used to run Volkswagen, ever wonder where he turned up? Well, he did this week. His new job is working as the executive chairman of a company I bet you've never heard of called The Mobility House. They're all about a V to G, V to H, using energy stored in vehicles. He was always passionate about that. I'm not surprised that that's going to be his project. The Tesla Model 3 Highland Edition was out in the US this week, but it doesn't get the tax credit, unlike the Model Y. So the Model Y is now cheaper than the Model 3. And actually, the performance model, which is now off-sale, because there isn't a performance Highland. So as of two days ago, if you want a, a, an inventory Model 3 performance, which is five grand off with stalks, good, uh, it means that you also get the tax credit on that. So just get that, unless you really want a Highland. But it's not a very good financial deal. Hertz is offloading their Teslas after realizing what you and I knew all along, which is it takes ages to fix Teslas sometimes and can be really expensive. Well, Hertz never got the memo. That announcement, which did wonders, by the way, for the share price of both Tesla and Hertz a couple of years ago, uh, it hasn't worked out for them. So they're selling them off and you can get one for like 20 grand. And it could be a bargain if you don't mind buying an ex-rental. Some people would, some people wouldn't. The Renault R5, when it comes, will have V to G technology in the charger, in the vehicle. And they're going to work with electric companies around the world where the vehicle's on sale uh, for tariffs that make it work. Like I'm on Octopus Intelligent, and so I just, it has access to my charger, my Zappy. It starts and stops charging when it, well, I just tell Octopus when I want to leave the house, and it charges when the grid is clean and green. Imagine if it could go the other way, and I could make a bit of money off putting electricity back into the grid. That's what the R5 will come with, they say. A BMW's Munich plant is closing down, making combustion stuff after 100 years and going exclusively EV. Uh, there's a $623 million boost for EV charging from the Biden administration. The next set of money, tranche of money coming out to put more charges into particularly rural areas and urban areas that are underserved by leaving it just up to the market. Uh, the BYD Yang Wang U7 is a new competitor to the Audis, Mercedes of the world, only in China. And I'm not convinced Yang Wang is a premium name, but it works for BYD. Toyota unveiling the 2024 model year BZ4X with hardware changes, which they say fixes the slow charging problems we'll see. Tesla Berlin will shut down at the end of January because of the Red Sea supply disruptions you may have seen in the wider news media over the last 12 hours or so of the United Kingdom and United States uh, conducting a military uh, defense against those that have been attacking supply ships in the Red Sea. Uh, but Tesla relying very much on Chinese imports, and uh, that's been disrupted. Lucid unveiled their quarterly production and deliveries decreasing, unfortunately. Lucid make great products, but they're just not connecting with buyers at the moment. Uh, the Chinese EV fleet surpassed 20 million now. Uh, that does include hybrids, pure bevs. It's about 15 million of them now in China. Walmart seems to have soft-launched their own in-house EV charging stations. Uh, this wasn't an announcement that I saw, but I saw it on PlugShare. And this one in Texas is using 
uh, the ChargePoint hardware, which is good stuff, 500 amps, 200 kilowatts. Each one has a Chatmo and a CCS plug on it. Um, and Walmart self-branding these, uh, which could be a good thing. Uh, Sainsbury's here in the UK doing the same thing, but not at self-branding the chem power units themselves, the dispensers, but they call it Smart Charge. And that's our own uh, supermarket chain launching their own charging network. The Polestar 4 SUV launches tomorrow. Well, Saturday the 13th, but it's today because they're ahead of us in time. You know what I mean? Uh, that is now starting to be delivered in China. And the BMW i5 M60 Touring will be the M-badged spicy wagon estate, whatever you want to call it, uh, launching in February this year. Right, that's a long update. Sorry, six minutes. I need to get shorter at these, don't I? That's your news update. Back to you, Dom. BMW Spicy Wagons, man. Oh, that's that's amazing. Did Kyle that's got yeah, like Kyle written all over the side of it. Did you see that? Yeah, like right yeah. down the side. In, Everything <laughs> I like. BMW lights. Spicy Wagons. All good. <laughs> That's right. Hey, all right. So, good morning, y'all. Um, so, you're you're at, you're in Las Vegas, Kyle. Okay, and Tom, you just got back from. Did you make it to Vegas? So, so CES yeah. happened this week, and uh, so I'm I'm just kind of see that's a consumer consumer electronics show, and it's turned into like a a bit of a car show over the last few years, and so that's makes sense while while you're there. Uh, what's up with you, uh, so Tom? So yeah, if you need to ask if I made it to CES, then there had to be a problem. So the only proof that I was there was a picture that Kyle took of the two of us at one of the booths. That's because, um, so I arrived on Monday and I was planning on staying through Thursday. And uh, the night before Sunday, I kind of wasn't feeling well, but I said, ah, you know, it's probably nothing. I get up early, I flew to CES. By the time I got off the plane, I was like full on sick. and I, I couldn't even leave my room. And then by the next morning, I couldn't talk. I completely lost my voice. So I had all these interviews lined up and I was supposed to do a whole bunch of stuff with a whole bunch of different people. All I did was walk around and kind of apologize to everybody that canceled the, the thing. And then I just got on a plane and flew home. So today's the first day that I can even half talk. So I'm not gonna strain my voice today. I'm right. just gonna maybe smile and give thumbs up and give little comments here and there but i wanted to come by at least and uh and make sure make a presence here on the show and not tap out so unfortunately i had a really bad week i'm not even going to get into what happened on the way home i'll just say one one part of it four flight cancellations and an engine failure mid-flight forcing like an emergency landing God. so it was a hell and doing that feeling okay is one thing Flying home when you're like sick with two masks on because you don't want to get anybody else sick and having to get off the plane, sleep for seven hours overnight in Denver airport, then have flight canceled, canceled. Um, luckily, I'm global status on United because I um, and then the best part is I couldn't even call and complain because I couldn't talk. So I couldn't even call the, the concierge. And so I finally called and was like with scratchy voice was like yelling at them, like, get me on a plane. I need to get home. And if, if anybody knows like United Airlines, global status is global services is the highest status you can get. They don't even advertise it, um, of what the level is to get to it. 1K is like their highest advertised. So they literally, and I feel terrible about this, took somebody off of a flight 
kicked, took it to someone who had a ticket, took them off the flight and put me on the plane to home to Newark um, because I was just, I swear, I felt like I was, it was either that or go to a hospital because the, the flight was full. I went up to the counter and they're like, we're completely booked. And all of a sudden my name got called and they're like, sir, we have a seat for you. So something happened behind the scenes, um, but I'm home now. And uh, Kyle's will be able to tell us all about CES. Unfortunately, it was a total whitewash for me, but right. Shit happens. Well, well, give us a, the thumbs up or, or the thumbs down yeah, as the case may be. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get through this next bit. So Kyle, you're at CES, and we're going to talk to you about the Macan here in a second. But uh, really quickly, you have a video walkthrough of CES at some point coming going up because we need to experience that whole thing. Don't worry, it'll be. Uh, we stop at all of the charging booths. I think maybe I missed one or two. I'll wrap up with them at the end. Um, but yes, yesterday we filmed the full tour and went basically through all of the halls, all the EVs, all the chargers, everything our audience wants to know. And then we did a few individual spotlight videos on some companies. For example, I have a full in-depth video with the Caterpillar display because oh. they have like all of their electric construction equipment on display. And uh, it was so cool. They're like head of I don't know, EV programs. I'm not really sure what his name is. John Thomas is a viewer. So it was like cool to have a super nerd, like doing nerd construction stuff and like bridging the gap uh, to what our audience understands. So I think that's going to be a fascinating video. They have a, a mining truck that can charge from 10 to 100% in 18 minutes. Whoa. And that's pretty like, like a huge, huge ass battery too, right? Uh, it's actually only just under 300 kilowatt hours. Only? Oh, yeah, that's, that's yeah, but that's that's a lot. You know, all that energy. Well, that's, that's like a big boy charger, right? Well, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. It's a one megawatt connection. Nice. So yeah. that's cool. <laughs> they, they actually you plug in two five hundred kilowatt chargers. Okay. Yeah, and he's like, okay. it doesn't derate. It just goes whoop, full send all the way to a hundred. Right. So this, so sometimes we see like uh, car debuts at CES, but we didn't really see. Well, we saw. Concept cars. We got the VinFast VF3, little uh, shorter range, uh, three door. I don't know, crossover hatchback thingy, a Jeep kind of thing. Which I don't. It's I cool. think it's a spiritual successor to the Suzuki Samurai in some ways. But yeah, it's got Jimny vibes to it, but a little bit smaller, maybe a little bit less off roady. Um, mm -hmm. Certainly seems pre production. You know, the windows were completely black; you couldn't see okay. inside or anything yeah. like that. Uh, but yeah, I hope they bring it because that's cool. Now, you know, it, it's one thing where like VinFast is like, here's a Model Y competitor, the VF8, right. and then it's just complete hot trash. But if they're like, here's a shitbox and it's being priced as a shitbox, then I'm excited. Then it's yes. priced. Now we're yes. being honest. Yes, right. that's exactly what VinFast need to do, which is we know we know we stay in our lane and this is what we're gonna make rather than we're gonna take on the world. That's exactly and then we'd all love VinFast for that for doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. I mean I mean I looking back, like if hindsight is 2020, you know, but I'm thinking looking at what they so they brought this the wild uh pickup truck concept as well, right? So which is very concept the inside, but the outside, man, that thing pretty close so the taillights i don't think will really work in in production but um but i'm looking at the, what they're bringing and think man if they had started with that instead of like suvs and stuff like this is like a, a <clears throat> uh, an, an empty niche market niches there's no electric 
compact pickup trucks in the market. There's no electric compact, whatever you say, called the VF3. The, you know, they would just own that. And then people would forgive like some of the shortcomings because that's, there's no choices, right? Well, it's also like, okay, when I looking at the VF3, it can't be very expensive. And right. when I'm looking at a not very expensive electric car, my expectations are quite low. And then the fun factor goes up because you care about it less. You, oh, sorry, I crashed it into a curb. Who cares? It's just, you know, you can really have some fun when, with the, when the prices come down. And that's what I hope the VF3 is because it looks so cute. Right. And I guess Honda, Honda also shared off uh, some concepts of their future thing, which I mean, those things kind of left me kind of scratching my head because Honda showed us concepts before that looked nothing like this. And so they're working on this e-architecture platform that they're putting everything on. I'm you not sure how it, mustard? I'm sure how it all, yeah. I'm not sure, not sure how it all works together. You know, what they've showed us at this CES and what they've showed us in the past. Like, so just, because these things don't look like, like especially the dustbuster thing you're calling it. Yeah, it's just the, the Honda dustbuster. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But, but like, why, why even read into it? That's what I don't understand. And, right. And, and yet the automotive press went mad for that story this week. And also yeah. uh, the Honda, Sony, I feel your car uh, was driven up on stage with a PlayStation controller and the automotive right. press lost its mind. They're like, ah, oh, they drove it with a PlayStation controller. I'm like, they've been coming to CES every year for five years doing unveiling the same car and it's not out till 27 or 28. And it's like, no one gives these companies a hard time for just not bringing anything of useful information. So well, that was me. Wait till my video comes out. I'm in oh, no. there. I'm in there just trashing all these stupid prototypes because that uh -oh. it's just a waste of everyone's time. It really is. Bring something people will eventually buy. This is a waste of money. It gets people's hopes up. It doesn't even show design intent because there's no way you can make a vehicle look like any of this crap. So anyway, yeah. yeah, not yeah. not into it. Also, like it was fun going around to all the prototypes and looking at whose tires they put on there. Oh, uh, that was good. That was fun. Yeah. So the Sony Iphelia has uh, <laughs> has the vault has a Volvo tire on the front and an Audi tire on the back, Brilliant. which is really really great. Love that. Something else, the Mullen R5 yep. or Mullen 5 RS, which is like. Not like seventy grand, but like three hundred and seventy grand. Oh, because it will never sell. That's yeah. not a real thing. Oh, right? that is the sketchiest company I've ever heard of. And yeah. like someone very sketchy twelve years ago too. When they here's the thing, I will say Mullen is not sketchy when someone calls me and explains to me how they're trustworthy. Um, but they had you know Volvo tires on the front and Audi tires on the back. But but Volvo tires made a hit this show. They were on a lot of concepts. Like you not Volvo branded tires? Are we talking? Yeah, the Volvo OE tire. It's like the tires I have on my Polestar as example. They have a V O L. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They're like Pirelli OE Volvo tires. I should say. Same with OE Audi tires as an example. Right. Which typically those companies are only allowed to put on their cars. Right. Uh, thank you, Gary, for that very generous donation. Appreciate it. Um, so I guess let's talk about something that... Uh, yes, oh, we will, oh. Gary. Oh, sorry. Kyle, do, you think, do, you think, uh, do you think you will yep. do a race to Vegas using EV trucks when you get a CT? Yeah, and that's a pository. Positive. Uh, anyway, so moving on. So you also recently drove the Porsche Macan EV, or the EV Porsche Macan, because they could just call it the Porsche Macan, and you can get it in electric or you can get it in, in internal combustion. 
I understand EV is not really part of the nomenclature, but anyway. I think they'll use it. I think they'll you'll you'll see Porsche refer to the Porsche Macan electric or EV. But yeah, you're right. It's the Porsche Macan. Right. Which and I didn't the, realize at first until just recently. I was like, what? The oh. trim levels will denote combustion or electric. I think. I don't know. Well, that should be interesting. The no turbo S. Well, there's uh, never been a turbo S Macan. True, true. Right. GTS. Um so, right. So you wrote the range test, and then yesterday uh, a few a few places, you know, put out some range test numbers and stuff. And your range test is on the internet's now. This as of this morning, I'm thinking. Yeah, it just went up right right as we started the show, basically. Okay, and and this is actually the Porsche Macan in production trim, everything. Nope, it's still a pre-production car. Okay. This is and this is this is the one of the cars that everyone spots around the U.S. at Chargers and stuff. Right. This was a you know pre-production mileage accumulation car. Uh, this is part of the homologation car for our market, making sure that the nav systems are dialed in and everything's dialed into our market. So, so a few people did some range tests, but we know that you did the range test. You know, crossing all the T's, dotting all the I's. You know, yeah. all, all that kind of stuff. It's not so, how I would have liked to do it. Oh, really? Yeah, there. I mean, yeah. So I did it in the normal procedure, which is seventy miles per hour, literally ninety-five percent of the time. But it's not a hundred percent. So that's why I'm not. We're not counting this in our comparable numbers. It's a great indication uh, okay. of what it might do. Um, right. Certainly, we we ran it from full to dead. You know, it had dash dash on the screen, no power left, into turtle mode, all these things by the time it died. Um, so you know, we did it properly and uh, saw saw some of the other outlets. And I was like, what the heck are you doing? To But I'm not here to ask questions about their procedures. Uh, and so, but, but basically, I just need to get it to Colorado, do the Wyoming loop, and and then we can log the number. But it was a great indication to see how far it went. And truly, um, I, I think this is an all-day 300-mile range, no matter how you drive it. It did 323-ish miles in my test which is you know it has a 100 kilowatt hour gross battery pack i don't think i'm allowed to say usable but i think i can say it's smaller buffers than before and i'll be able to tell every everyone everything about the car in just a few days so stay tuned and then you know there's plenty more coming but pretty good though like three three two three three two five on a 100 kilowatt hour battery smaller buffers i mean it's not it's not gonna change the world but it's it's a decent sized vehicle and it's pretty good high performance vehicle so it's pretty good yeah, considering what we're coming from with Tycon, yeah. which was always EPA range rated at mm. like low 200 miles, I have no idea what they'll EPA range rate these things. My guess is they'll be rated low because like that they wanted everyone door. to do the range test stories. So I'm thinking uh, this might okay. be a Porsche strategy to be like, here's how far they actually go. And then when the numbers come out, <laughs> this yeah. is just a guess. I have no idea. But I'm I'm thinking they might do the whole under promise over deliver range thing that Porsche always does. Um, yeah, just speculation. Yeah, that's interesting. Oh, and Audi posted information about their PPE platform, so I think this is great. Right. EVKX, our official battery expert, uh, 95 kilowatt hour usable. So thank you, Audi, and yes. uh, there you go. Yeah, I'm perfect. not confirming or denying, but I'm not saying it's wrong. Well, it's 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 built on the same nuts and bolts. So that's uh, thank you, Audi, for uh, for doing that. Yeah. yeah, one of the one of the other publications, no need to name them, said we did a seventy mile an hour range test where we drove at sixty miles an hour, and I'm like, that's not a seventy mile an hour range <laughs> test. Uh, but Look, even at the, so- end, at the end of the day, I didn't uh, 
I, I wasn't able to maintain 70 for the entire test. It was, like I said, 90% plus. But actually, every time I opened up the camera to film an update, we were in some kind of little snag in traffic. So again, this is just an indication. We are not using the number for any reference point. But I will say, um, I never got a Tycon to go 300 plus at 70. Yeah. Uh, I think maybe Tom, I got really close. I think I got like 298 or 299. I think Tom got 300 once. I think like yeah. 303 or 305 on the, the rear wheel drive with the new software. Right. That was the pink car. Yeah. Yeah. I had the same one, but we were, we were close enough within a few miles of each other. And then it's like, uh, okay, the Macan for sure has a bigger battery, but uh, seems very efficient. And it, it, look, we're not talking lucid efficiency here. We're still we're coming from the Germans, which they're still learning what efficiency means. And it just did pretty well. Uh, it's acceptable. And then you know we have that insane charging car of 270 kilowatts deep into the pack. This thing should be a monster in race to Vegas. Right. Yeah, that sounds great. Like a 300 mile proper you know, crossover performance crossover, pretty excited about this. And yeah, another outlet that published a charge point said something about the, this being on the same E architecture as uh, Porsche Taycan, but that's, this is on the PPE, which is performance electric platform and Taycan is on J one platform. So two yeah, different PPE things. is premium platform electric, yeah. premium platform electric. Right. Can I, can I give a shout to a resource that I forget is there, and I knew it was there. Um, and I forget it is there, which is out of specstudios.com forward slash range tests. Oh, yes. um, or in, in the top right, you've got the you can see that. Um, and what Kyle and his team do is just incredible with the data. And honestly, it wasn't until your uh, Cybertruck charging video this week um, that I, I just forgot you had all this online uh, and that you you log these points. And what, what was interesting as well was well, you were we, saying... we kind of unveiled it. So we've, we've had it online for some time. It's like a Google it, sheet kind of thing. Yeah, the Google sheet. But this is the unveil of the visual stuff. Uh, okay. And, and you were saying, you know, what's impressive is you're saying, actually, you know, you look back at what you were doing a couple of years ago and you need to get those vehicles again in your location now that you've either refined your tests but also just variables and things like that. And that, uh, that's yeah. also an element of testing EVs that I think other publications we don't even have an appetite to do because they're always just sort of moving on to either the next shiny thing or they just haven't got the same test procedures. So it's such it's such an important res resource. We always say no test is perfect. No test is comparable to the next one, but you do the absolute best job you can to get, you know, whisker close to being comparable. And it, it's important to note that like our testing procedures have varied slightly. We now are pretty much only counting comparable range when we're talking at our, our Colorado loop. Um, we actually are, we have a, a meeting scheduled with an aerodynamicist coming up soon to actually give us the effects of, of range running at different elevations, because if it's pretty close and he's like, ah, you're within one or 2%, then, then we can do the tests anywhere in the country. But right now, you know, it's, it's, we're, we're really trying to figure out what should we count? What should we scrap? What vehicles do we need to retest so that when we do start comparing all of these cars, we're, we're as apples to apples as we can be given the real world conditions. And if you hover over any of these, Martin, I believe they should tell you, you know, slight crosswind on some uh, temperature range, things like that, so that people can can mentally make some of these things. I'd like to have our own correction factor, but then it gets a little bit messy. So yeah, we're, we're doing our best to to do this. But again, keep in mind, we are a bunch of idiots with not much time 
in the real world, uh, just trying to answer the audience questions of what goes farther than what and where. Well, I like to I like to refresh your website at aspectstudios.com. It's great. You got the hog back. You got a, a plug-in hybrid electric range test, high ice highway efficiency, all this stuff. Ten percent challenge charging tests. That's great. That's awesome. I haven't even been on like our homepage of our website in years. We <laughs> yeah, thing about us. Well wow, look at this. We yeah, pride great, ourselves right? on creating top quality content for our audience. Check out our media outlets below. Oh my God, who wrote that? We don't have quality. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote okay, that. I got to no, adjust I, this. I didn't write that. <laughs> it, it really should be a bunch of idiots wanting to make YouTube videos. <laughs> I don't know. It's not, uh, not what brilliant. we wrote. Oh, I love it. All right. So. Uh, yeah, Porsche even McCon. So that's also coming to the U.S. this year. So we should probably kick this off. We need to talk about every car that's coming to the U.S. market in 2024 this year. And Porsche EV Macan is one of them. It's coming, I have an early 2024 with a 100 kilowatt hour battery, 300 miles of range, 5 to 80% in 25 minutes. Uh, optional rear steer, standard air suspension. I don't know. This, that's what I have for, for notes on, on the thing, but it sounds good to me. I don't know. But you actually, we saw briefly the uh, the interior of the Macan. It looks pretty nice. It looks like very Porsche, but uh, also very nice. And that charge port door, I don't know if anyone else caught it, but that's also really sweet. The Macan charge port door, it kind of like slides. It's about, it looks like, like it's, that? well, it could be problematic. If it doesn't break, I like it. <laughs> they also have a manual one that pops out. Okay. Yeah. 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 I thought it was pretty fancy though. It's, it kind of goes yeah. in and then slides out of the way like a... I'm not sure where you're supposed to push to open it. Like you have to like put the back of your hand on one end of the port and I'm not sure what end it is. Okay. But maybe once you get used to it, it's fine. There's just oh, no okay. like button. Like with Tycon, you would have a swipe and you'd be like, okay, I know I've put my finger in the right place for it to open. But with Macan, it's like, can I hit any bit of the charge port door? Maybe yes. I don't. I got to play around with it more. All right. Let's go. Uh, so probably do the rest of this mostly in alphabetical order. So let's talk about the Acura ZDX. It's an Altium-based uh, 2024 ZDX A spec. Starts in the sixty thousand dollar range with a rear-wheel drive powertrain, and then they also have the ZDX Type S, which uh, with a performance-tuned all-wheel drive powertrain. Expected to start in the seventy thousand dollar range. Uh, got a thumbs up from you. Thumbs down from you, Tom. No, I was coughing. Oh, right now, <laughs> poor Tom. Oh it was so sad. I walked up. Here's Tom coming up next to me, and I'm like, "Oh, Tom, how's it going, dude? You should check this thing out." But and before he has a chance to say a word, then he's like, "Oh, you know, whatever." And then he says something. He goes, "Hi." <laughs> oh no! We're all like, "What?" Uh, uh, yeah, that was uh, tough. No, yeah, actually, gonna... Dom, um, I wasn't giving it a thumbs down. I was oh, yeah. coughing, but um, uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> so, all right, I'm tapping it. Okay, uh, no problem. No problem. So this is the uh, this is basically based on the Altium platform. Um, <laughs> Kyle, what, do you have any thoughts on this? Is kind of like based on the what the prologue is what the Honda version of this. So this is the Acura. Yeah, so it gets the bigger battery than the Prologue. Prologue, I think, is relegated to only the small battery. So this is Blazer EV battery, 
Blazer EV drivetrain, uh, totally revised suspension compared to the GM stuff. Seems right. like maybe bigger brakes, has a banging sound system. This might be the best of the Ultium SUVs at first glance. I think it looks the best. It's going to be the most performancey of the bunch, I believe. And then the big question is, how could Acura partner with GM if GM can't even produce their own? <laughs> True. So, so True. how does Acura expect to get any production? I mean, I talked to the Acura guys about this. I don't know if I talked to the right Acura guys, but I'm like, dude, do you see what's going on at GM? Who's building this car for you? Because this right. is a GM product and you said right. can you slap an Acura badge on it and change the, the look a little bit. I mean, it's got a GM screen with an Acura software on there. It does still have CarPlay and Android Auto, though. Yes. And it's got uh, Super Cruise. That It's like literally GM Super Cruise and Acura is calling it whatever i don't know so it's right. it's literally a, a like a spicy blazer but then it's uh you know then acura is like oh don't worry they've committed to building so many for us and i'm like right. really you know they've, are they going to they've committed yeah. to try but so far yeah it's just well i had the big battery module problem there's like a, i don't know what that part was there's was some battery module part that they had Supply it's got to be more than just a part because now we got like major it. software bugs. We got a stop sale on the entire vehicle. Right. You got production, of course, is one thing, but also distribution and a dealer network who doesn't understand what the heck they're selling. So it's many problems all wrapped up into one. And and for Acura to go to them and say, yeah, that, that sounds great. Let's have them build us a car. What the heck are right. they doing? I mean, but to be fair, they had the problems after they agreed to add yeah, them to the sure. car. <laughs> but, <laughs> but anyway, we should, we should move on. We have like just a couple minutes for each of the cars because there are a lot of cars coming in 2024. But with that it's said, amazing. If they can actually build that ZDX, it's going to be, I think, it pretty looks, good. I'm driving the good. prologue in a few weeks, by the way. Oh, so mm. I'll, I'll be able to do that. Yeah. It's, it, pro, the prologue is so kind of like basic looking. We'll probably get to that actually. But, uh, the actor is kind of just spices everything up visually very nicely. Actually, I think it's like probably the better looking. Yeah, Chevy I, I, Blaze. I, I, Best piece Chevy Blazer I've seen. Yeah, Honda's exactly. Basic, you know, that's Honda. Yeah. The Acura is the the upscale version of that. So I would expect the prologue to kind of be like, you know, for, uh, function over form. Sure, sure, and I think uh, the Honda buyers would expect that and, and want that in the vehicle. They don't want to be too you know super flashy or whatever. Just give me a you know, a car that works <laughs> and doesn't look too, looks fine. Uh, okay, so let's move on. The 2024 Audi A6 e-tron. It's also on the premium platform electric as the uh, Porsche Macan mid-2024. And this is, hmm, we're looking at, is that a wagon we're looking at there? Up to 435 miles WLTP from 100 kilowatt hour battery, which sounds like maybe uh I don't know, 75 miles too high, really, for reality. Um, zero to 60 under four seconds, and there's a, a wagon coming in an Avant version of this, the Audi Avant A6 e-tron. Looks pretty good. Uh, Martin, any yep. thoughts? Yep, all new PP platform. It's all good. Uh, it, everything that they've learned from the Taycan e-tron GT, dialed up, getting better. Love to see it. Can't wait to get these cars out. Surprised it's this year. Delighted it's this year because of all we've heard about various delays. So hopefully it does. Right. Uh, any quick quick thoughts, Kyle? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no quick thoughts. Let's move on. No, no problem. <clears throat> we got thumbs up or down from you, Tom. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> thumbs up. Uh, okay. Audi Q6 and SQ6 e-tron. 
again, premium platform electric going big this year. Finally, we've been waiting for a new platform from, from Porsche. Uh, so it's coming into space. This is like the third one. This is the equivalent to the Porsche Macan actually, but with the Audi badge, uh, premium platform electric, 100 kilowatt hour battery. I have 93 kilowatt hours as usable for this, uh, 10 to 80% in less than 30 minutes. Uh, charge maximum charge power 270 kilowatts it can split the battery pack for faster lo lower voltage charging and uh, it's quick uh, 5.9 seconds in the regular 396 horsepower version in the q6 and then the sq6 it's got the spicy stuff going on under 4.5 second uh 060 adaptive air suspension starts at uh, 60,000 estimated i don't know uh Porsche Macan, basically with Audi's badging. What do you think, uh, Martin? Absolutely. Yeah, love it. Bring it on. Uh, the even numbers are going to be the electric ones from now on and the odd numbers of a combustion, because if you don't like this car, you are odd, which is what Audi have said. Uh, so that's how you can tell them all <laughs> apart in the Audi range. These are going to be fantastic. Can't wait. And then this year as well. Oh, my goodness. What an exciting year. Yeah, I mean, let, you know, ignoring the delays, let's see how this all plays out. <laughs> yeah. But also, I hope Audi sells it with this prototype wrap like they did with the e <laughs> GT. So they've oh, done yeah. it in the past. Okay. And it's yeah. just, it's so cool. And yeah. uh, I, I would order mine with that wrap. All right. Absolutely. You're going to take okay. it off. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's attention grabbing for sure. Well, it's yeah. cool because then you feel like you're driving a prototype everywhere. And there's well, nothing true. more I love than driving a camouflaged car. <laughs> right <laughs> I, don't I, ran think it, done I ran into someone with an e-tron at uh electrify america station once with a wrap like that and he had um you know custom wheels and he, he did even more and i asked him is it like an audi you know corporate vehicle that they drive around he's like no i just did it and uh it was really cool and he was in new jersey from like south carolina or something like that so he was he was on a re he was one of the people that i was talking to because he had to wait for a charger um uh, because they were taken up by all ID4s. And uh, uh, he was on a legit road trip from South Carolina. And uh, so he was, I had him kind of cornered for a little while and I could ask him about the car, but it looked so cool with all the wraps and the, the I mean, and he had low profile uh, tires on it, mm -hmm. you know, oversized tires, low profile, must've killed his range. Range is bad enough, enough, but here he was from South Carolina. He didn't care, you know, doing road trips. He probably was getting like 150 miles between charges, <laughs> but you know, he was loving it. So, you know, it's doable. But, uh, you know, when you start modifying EVs and you start chopping off 20, 30, 40 miles of your range on the highway, it makes the road trips that much less enjoyable. The car is cool, but it does. You do take a range hit when you start really messing with your tires. True, true. All right. Uh, next up, we have the Buick Electra E5. We haven't really seen anything from Buick yet in the electric range. So this is kind of like Buick's Lyric, like Buick's Cadillac Lyric, again, on the Altium platform. Uh, they've already started selling this in China, I believe. So Yeah, for a long time now. Yeah, Buick's a big brand in China, actually. It's like the big, uh, maybe bigger than G uh, Cadillac over there, I believe, right? And that's the crazy thing is that they're selling, uh, GM's uh, selling Ultium stuff in China, and it right. seems to work, and people seem to buy it and go, yeah, it's fine. So yeah. uh, it's the great <laughs> it's the great question of this year is what is going on with Ultium outside of China? Uh, it's odd that they sell these cars, and it's and it, people seem to go, yeah, they're, they're fine. Like, And the Chinese market is ridiculously competitive and the Chinese buyers are very discerning and know what they want. And yet, you know, they're selling 
GM know how to sell cars in China through their joint ventures, obviously. Right. Uh, but it sounds at least like, like they can do the software over there. I'm not sure what the, what the difference is. I imagine there's some difference in the software between China and here, but yeah, I don't know. I guess because it's the software, the issue that's holding it up right now. But we haven't really heard it. It looks like everything else on the market, doesn't it? You look at the shape of that car. You look at the, it just looks like everything else that's in that segment. It's fine. Yeah, it's kind of like a roughly, it looks like roughly like a GM kind of thing with the with the headlights like that slit headlight thing going on but we haven't really heard anything from buick officially yet about you know stuff electric stuff in the u.s so i'm kind of waiting to see what they do marketing wise but yes yeah, if, been I, if I said look uh, oh here's the new here's the new neo you'd be like oh cool. i know i meant x-pung you'd be like, oh i okay, know it's the new byd you'd be like which one is it doesn't they all look the same so right. but technically they seem to be okay Neo, yeah. for sure. I was just going to say, like, you know, my first impressions, when you look at the picture of the front end, you think it's a new Neo, but uh, right. you're 100% right. There's definitely uh, Chinese styling up on the front grill baked into that uh, vehicle. Right. So uh, speaking of Cadillac, <laughs> briefly, uh, the Celestic is also coming out this year. That is the $340,000 base 600 horsepower, zero to 16, 3.8 second, 300 mile range, rear steering. I don't know what you say to call this. Well, executive. I think the most important metric would be Uber luxury. Uber, right. Yeah, definitely way up there in handcrafted luxury. These are all hand built cars, I believe. So, yeah, premium, premium experience. You've seen these from the outside, Kyle. Um, no word about driving one of these for sure, right? Not not yet, but I can't tell you enough that these, I'm really excited for these. Every brand deserves their Halo car. Every mm -hmm. brand. And this is Cadillac's Halo car. And it feeds into what we love so much about Cadillac, which is big and American excess and luxury and craziness. Look, look at Cadillacs from the 50s. This is a, a reincarnation of that. And yeah, it's $340,000. You can't afford it, which is why you're complaining about it. So I'm not talking about you specifically, Dominic. That's going to that audience. I can't afford it, but I can afford it when I'm the fourth owner with 70,000 miles on it when they're 60 grand. So mm, I wait. cannot wait for these things to depreciate like a rock. But I also can't wait to see them out on the road and to see yeah. the first in owners enjoying um, what Cadillac is meant to be. Uh, ultimately, I, I'm not typically a fan of brands. I like specific models, but I love when a brand goes, what is a vehicle, regardless of price, that really represents what we stand for? And that is this. And right. it is just so cool in almost every way. It doesn't need to be fast. It doesn't even need a lot of range. It just needs to be crazy. And it is. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it looks like uh, it had carbon fiber bodywork. Looks like that, a wrap. I would have preferred personally if they're, and I agree with Kyle, every brand needs like a halo car. Like, look at what we can do. Look at what our brand represents. But I have a trouble accepting that the Cadillac today represents sedans. Um, because they don't. Almost all the vehicles they sell are SUVs. I would have preferred personally, not that GM cares what I prefer, if their Halo car was uh, uh, an, a crazy version of the Escalade, like a, a stretched, take this vehicle, all the, the, the crazy luxury features you have in that and put it in an Escalade, you could see like every wrapper 
buying one of those things and, and rolling down Hollywood Boulevard and celebrities tooling around in it because it's got room and everything. That's the only thing that I'm I'm not sure that people want to buy three hundred thousand dollar sedans. You know, they do in China um, with the, the ultra luxury. They have drivers and you're sitting in the back with the reclining seats and everything. I just think, you know, not to really totally crap on uh, on this vehicle. Uh, I, I like it, but I would prefer I think Cadillac would have done better if they took the crazy investment they put in this and, and built a $300,000 version of an Escalade stretched yeah. it, do all kind of crazy right. stuff. Yeah. That's, I that's, think they would have done better that way. That's that makes sense. Actually. You know, that's a pretty good call. I think Tom, uh, and speaking of the Cadillac Escalade IQ that's coming this year as well, 450 miles of range, over 200 kilowatt hour batteries, basically like a, like a super nice swank Hummer EV, right? SUV, except it was with uh, Cadillac Escalade proportions and, uh, and, uh, you know, a better, just higher, higher end fit, fit and finish and, and materials, I think, uh, yeah, just more luxury oriented, $130,000 much more affordable than the Celestic. Uh, yeah. So this is what you would sort of take then Tom as uses your base for your halo vehicle. Start with this, which is already, you know, up there over, it's like, it's a, a good premium over the regular IQ or over the regular Escalade, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I just think if, if they use that as a base and then just really tricked it out and gave it all kind of crazy goodies, um, maybe a, you know, a, a solar roof and uh, all kind of crazy stuff. I think that would have been a better halo car than, than the Celestique personally. I mean, but what do I know? <laughs> right. Yeah. looks good. Any, any thoughts on the uh, Escalade IQ, uh, Kyle? So, Hey, one, I, I will want to say one thing about it before Kyle jumps in. Sorry, yeah. I'm not going to talk much, but I actually have a comment about this. So um, I've, I've mentioned on the show before that I've let all my buddies out here that own pickup trucks drive my Rivian and my Lightning. And one of my friends um, can't wait for this to come out. Uh, I think I think Bar and the Lightning and the Rivian kind of convinced him that, yeah, this this will work for me. I could do this. And he's always driving like uh, uh, uh SUVs, not at, um, Cadillacs. He always drives the GMC Denali's. He has like the top of the line Denali's, but he's like, nice. when that Cadillac comes available, I'm going to get it. So uh, uh, th this is going to appeal to a lot of people. I think that people that at least can play in that that arena, um, yeah. I, I think it's going to really be a winner personally. Yeah, that's a lot of money, but it sure looks good. It better work good, man. It's, I'm just... my. I really want this all to work out for for GM, you know, but this whole the Blazer situation has just got me. Oh my, ah, uh, I don't know. It's uh, there's some tension there. I'm not I'm not sure what's going to happen, but uh, you know they got all the groundwork's all laid. Just got to get across the finish line. Okay, what else is coming up? We have the canoe. Um, so announced it delivered. The canoe is the odd little companies that's a startup it hasn't really produced vehicles uh yet we've seen them seen them taking uh astronauts to what the, one of the launchers and not yeah, blue, spacex uh, yeah jeff bezos the blue or is it blue origin that one blue origin oh yeah okay that one, no, he, he would have had no uh, he Amazon did Rivian. rivians it yeah. would have been another one wouldn't it yeah so In, yeah we've seen it somewhere definitely uh they said they had announced they delivered uh, vehicles to Oklahoma State actually last November, but then the government uh, contacted 
the Inside EVs uh, published that and they contact the government actually contacted Inside EVs to deny that. <laughs> no, no, no. There, there, were, there were three of them on show outside their, their state meeting. This well, week. yeah. Well, news reports came out January 1st that the state received three vehicles and they paid over just over $199,000. I think they... <laughs> I think they retail at thirty nine nine fifty each, so that's about forty thousand dollars. So three of them, hundred forty thousand uh, dollars. Canoe says they get two hundred miles of range from an eighty kilowatt hour battery. Um, what? Three two hundred miles of range from an eighty kilowatt hour battery. Yeah, so not a ton of range. From an eighty kilowatt hour battery. But that sounds about right. No. Uh, no. Uh, no, that's way low. A L- little low. That that's really bad because okay. that's that they can only quote. EPA cycle range, which is like usually pretty generous, right? Uh, and they do have, I believe, they do have their EPA documents. The cert- they already applied for the certification already, and that's those are online. Well, so um, is this like going to be a thing? Uh, I've been hearing about Canoe for years. Are we finally there? Are can they produce these things? Do they have the funding? That's, that's they are making. Saying. They, they are have making. a plant. Yeah. Although they they also said that their focus on 2024 was buying production equipment. Either like secondhand or getting it, you know, from a yard sale to keep their costs under control, right. uh, which they, they sort of congratulated themselves on. Like our, our our biggest success recently was buying a bunch of robots that were like third hand. We got them really cheap, and I'm like, most car companies don't boast about that, but that was what they were. They were really happy about it. Imagine so, Volkswagen Group saying, "Oh, we bought all this <laughs> crap used. <laughs> yeah, we got this good stuff. Great." So, uh, but but they they are making them one at a time, I think. Yeah. And hey, good luck. I mean, yeah, I don't. I would look for like high, like silicone carbide, like super high tech, uh, efficiency kind of stuff going on here. I I don't know, like. They did it's still, still 3.5 like, miles per kilowatt hour, which is Etron territory ish. So it's still pretty bad. Yeah. They did, they had an engineering day, day a couple of years ago and it, it wasn't like super impressive really. So I don't know what the how things have evolved since then. So maybe you know, maybe they should reach out to out of spec and oh, let us yes. drive one. I heard yeah. Sandy drove one. I've heard others have driven oh, one. Really? We've okay. never heard from Canoe ever. Uh, so, they're in Oklahoma, not that far from you. No, yeah, I'll drive over. I will go over and do a whole video. It would be amazing. I'll do multiple videos. And uh, but but like, is it good? I don't know. We got to find out. It's yeah. so cool. It looks it's, amazing. It, it, it really it, looks great. Right. The form the form factor is very interesting. That's the best thing about it. It's a van. They have a pickup version of this as well. Um, yeah. Just the form factor is kind of interesting. It's very compelling. And it's but by wire, is it? Yes, steer by wire. Mm-hmm. Wow. Do we trust the new? No one trusted yeah. Tesla doing steer by wire. Now, do we trust Canoe doing steer by wire? Yeah, I haven't driven it. So, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, don't I have know. an early reservation on the pickup truck. Oh, really? So I'm, I'm still sitting on that. Yeah. Just, sure? just to see. What are you going to do with it? I don't know. What am I going to do with any of the vehicles I have, Kyle? <laughs> 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 but it looked cool. And I got yeah. to sit in it and everything. And I'm like, okay. yeah, I could, I could actually see myself driving around in this. And you know, the thing about it was when I put it the deposit on, I don't even think I had the Lightning yet or, or the Rivian. So it was just kind of like, who knows what the future holds and how long this is going to take to come to market. If it ever comes to market, it's worth just putting a $100 refundable deposit on it and saying, let's see what happens in three or four years when if this does come to market, it might it might have been a good play to 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 get first in line with, you know. So we'll see. I saw, I saw something got delivered yesterday to the first dealer's 
that was drive by wire. Oh, here it is. Here it was. A, sorry, it's a complete tangent on a show that we're massively busy. Oh, so the uh, REE. This was the REE, which okay. is steer by wire, brake by wire, drive by wire, everything by wire. Mm -hmm. Commercial vehicle. They're now with their dealers um, or whoever their distributors are. The first ones, and you can get like a hundred thousand dollars event. You know, if you stack your incentives for commercial vehicles, there's loads mm -hmm. of decent money out there if you want to if you want to go ev with commercial vehicles so cool um that's it that seems to work so um there's probably a better article on, on electric you want to read about that it was so, yeah. published if you're curious about the re if you're curious about ree we have a uh, we did an interview with them uh a few months back that's on, yeah. on our youtube channel here uh, the chevrolet equinox ev is coming this year launch edition early 2024 for forty eight thousand nine hundred ninety five dollars uh, this he has was... Mr. Tom Malagny written all <laughs> over it. Mr. Resident Equinox lover in the chat. One, one LT starts at $34,995, mid-2024, 319 miles of range. Uh, the quick one, though, goes to 0 to 60 in 5.9 seconds, which isn't super quick. But this is the Equinox. What's the, these numbers look okay to you, Tom? Well, you know... GM did promise a starting price of the under 30,000 uh, for a while. And that, that was one of the reasons why I was so high on this. I looked at it as kind of like a bolt replacement, like a mm -hmm. better bolt for the same, for basically the same price. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and having owned an Equinox before, mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I, and, and like the vehicle, I, you know, Meredith and I really, we had our Equinox for like nine or 10 years and it was really a good versatile vehicle for us. Perfect size, never had any problems with it. Um, so, I, yeah, I was super psyched for this. And just with the, all the Ultium issues over the last year, I, I just, it, the, the air has come out of that for me. I'm, I'm, I'm not like, you know, high on getting one anymore. I have the, my deposit on the Volvo EX30. I think that might be the direction I go in. Um, I'd love to maybe have an opportunity to talk to someone at GM about Ultium issues. And maybe they could uh, convince me that, that everything's fine and, and they're going to be on the right path and maybe then I'll, I'll jump back on the equinox bandwagon i really hope that they get all these the the, the ultium issues sorted out because i mean it, it's really a shame what's happening with, with all of the ultimate products and how it's holding up silverado ev blazer equinox these vehicles were supposed to be the vehicles that propelled gm into the next decade you know the ultium platform was you know gm's future and it's god is it a god awful start for ultium and uh you know just kyle notes there was no bigger equinox ev fan than me and if i'm if if i'm deflated on it what about you know average customer out there that's thinking about going ev this was going to be their first ev and now they're seeing all these issues they're they're probably like you know what yeah EV, evs aren't really ready yet you know let's let's get another gasser and you know, maybe four or five years down the road when this one needs to be replaced, I'll, I'll get the EV thing. But, um, you know, God, with GM having bolt problems with the fires and recalls and now how Ultium is just scuffling to get out of the gate. Mm -hmm. It's very, very disheartening to see what's happening with GM's EV program. Sorry to be such a downer, but I'm disappointed because I was. I was hoping to be one of the first people to get one of these. I definitely planned on on having this possibly replace the Rivian, but um, it's kind of off the table for me now. Wow. Okay. 
Um, so, man, okay, well, let's move to a, another Chevrolet uh, that you just mentioned as well. Chevrolet Silverado EV, first half of 2024 is supposed to be coming. Uh, I believe the work truck's already out there, right? I, I saw a picture of a work truck at a, at a charger station the other day. Someone told me, we're talking Silverado EV work yes, truck? Yes, we are. Mm -hmm. Someone told me that Caltrans took delivery of 600. Ooh, wow. That's a lot. That's Caltrans is California transportation something. Cal, is yeah. that a, what is that? They also told me they had no way to charge them. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Wait, that's not right. Wait, wait, wait. Is this the official GM website? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff on it? Yeah, that's... they're promoting TFL. That's awesome. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> this is the, yeah, this is the official consumer facing US wow, website. Oh, they made put, it. Wow. They put TFL right on the homepage to say, hey, look, these guys endorse us. So wow. I was so bummed that car came to Colorado and didn't let us have a go with it. Uh -huh. yeah. I wonder if it was like a paid thing. I don't know. I, I don't think TFL does paid automaker stuff. But yeah, probably not. I don't think. Yeah. yeah. But but cool, cool that they got to do it. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, again, this is like the Hummer kind of situation of 200 kilowatt hour battery. So 400 miles of range, 450 miles for the for the four work truck, four WT, uh, 750 horsepower, 754 horsepower, 785 pound feet of torque, uh, wide open watts. The wow zero to 60 launch mode is 4.5 seconds, 10,000 pound towing the mid gate for, for 10 foot long loads, 10 foot, 10 inch long length loads, 75,000 for the work truck. The first retail version, I believe, is going to be the RST, which is like a high-end, uh, higher performance truck. So it's going to be it's going to start at one hundred and six thousand five hundred ninety-five dollars, which is a lot of money for a pickup truck. But it is a lot of truck. But is a hundred and six? I don't know, hundred six thousand dollars. Kyle, what do you think? worth every penny? Okay, yep. absolutely. Um, We're talking big ass batteries here. It's true. It's true. Big and batteries, to... big charging. These are the two things we need in trucks. I keep complaining about it with Rivian, Lightning, Cybertruck, et cetera, et cetera. And then, and then here's GM. They're just like, you want batteries? We got batteries. I mean, they right. don't actually have batteries, but they put them in. I just need one vehicle that has batteries. So right. who cares how many they can actually make? Yeah. So this is pretty interesting. Uh, so let's move along. Dodge, Dodge Charger EV. So getting over to the Stellantis family late 2024. So hopefully by the end of the year, this will be the, uh, uh, I'm getting the, what's the, what was that Honda vacuum cleaner? I'm getting vibes. I'm just kidding. Why is it only 885 horsepower? Um, this is Dodge Trojan allegedly, allegedly getting an 885 horsepower EV edition. I think the, uh, yeah, Dodge. Or there's two that there were two trims initially. Dodge Char Charger 340, which is based on like the engine size from back in the day, uh, 340 V8, gets 455 horsepower. While the 440, another cubic inch uh, re reference, uh, 440 gets 590 horsepower. I don't think they were getting 590 horsepower out of a 440 back in the day. No, they were not. Right. So <laughs> they, then, what what's the number relation for? I don't know. If Just, you want to reference old school, be like 127 horsepower out of a seven liter. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, well, 440s with a six pack on them, they would probably get 400 ish. Maybe you could get up to 400 okay. horsepower. It still seems know. like they, they could have gone more bonkers with the spec 
to yeah. go along with the look. You know, honestly, I mean, here's the thing. Yeah. This car. Oh, I'm sorry, Martin. But this car has always been about cheap horsepower. Yeah. Okay. Right. This Originally. is America and drag, you know, muscle car. It's been, you know, who gives a crap about the car? We want to go fast in a straight line. And they've always had as much, if not more power than the European or high performance equivalents, just in a car that was never built to handle that much power. And that was the magic of it. So now we have Lucids with over 1200 horsepower. You have Model S Plaids with over a thousand horsepower. You have right. Rimax at 2000. I don't even know. And then here's this thing is like 800 horsepower. It's just SRT like, okay. Banshee yeah. or rumored 900 horsepower here in my notes. I will just point uh, yeah. out that's that is 115 horsepower less than the Yang Wang we mentioned earlier. So when yeah, the you... Yang Wang's got more power. <laughs> What's so going you, on? Uh, you're like you meet a dude with this, and you're like, hey, my Yang Wang's bigger, and it's like, hey, <laughs> I, I'm sorry. So I'm ruling it out just on the Yang Wang factor, which might be my new benchmark testing on EV News Daily. Bigger or smaller than a Yang Wang? So. But don't don't forget, they will have a higher powered like SRT or something after this. It'll okay. launch with this, and then right. like eight months later, they'll be like, and if that's not fast enough for you now, for an extra 20 grand, we'll add 200 horsepower and push it over 1,000 and, you know, give you the SRT. That's what I would expect out of them, you know. It's, that's how a lot of automakers do it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Philly Phil says, well, the Banshee rumors are not true. The rep back at New York International Auto Show 2023 told me directly that the Charger EV is not slated for production, and she was very specific about it. Well, that's kind of interesting because I don't it's kind of any of those people on the stand. Yeah, I don't know. I think, uh, but what I would will say is that I think that they're going to make this with a. I think they're going to make an, an internal combustion version of this as well. If you look at the, there's already like body pressings and stuff. It's got a transmission tunnel like a traditional car. Or they're just using it for the batteries. No, I mean it's like I don't. I don't know. I think there's a surprise coming. Okay, but we'll we'll, so... we'll see. Yeah, bring bring back the V8. I think it or a V6 at least. Yeah. Yeah, that would be so awful. If you're going to put an engine in it, make it eight cylinders. <laughs> right. Uh, anyway, so let's move on because we still have a lot How of cars. Is it crazy that a Yang Wang, whatever that is, has I know, more right? power than a Dodge freaking Challenger? That's what, SRT Banshee. This is America. We're supposed to represent our country with extreme amount of power and we're yep. only getting 800 and something horsepower out of this thing 885 so the fiat 500e is coming back to the u.s starting at 32.5 msrp that is going to be one of the uh most affordable evs i think this year it's got a 42 kilowatt hour battery for 145 miles of range so it's not a long ranger this is a great like a city car um Zero to sixty. The survey. There we go. Sorry, I was not. <laughs> yeah, not let's do the survey. <laughs> let's do the survey. Not focused on the job at hand today. Zero, um, zero to sixty is in eventually eight eight point five seconds. So it's not super quick. Um, it's, it's super cute, and it's not super long range. So you know, I, I just think this might be a good solution for for someone who's not road tripping. This needs a around the town car, easy to park, easy to you know slip through traffic. Obviously, we obviously we've got this already. Got the Arbath version um, of it, uh, which is not really about the naught to sixty. It's all about the handling and the fun factor uh, and the six hundred e Arbath version of the six hundred coming as well. So you you are finally getting this. This is a really 
like, I think it's a fantastic little thing um, as well. So it looks the same as the compliance car you had. Totally not. Totally redesigned. Uh, it, it looks the same from the outside, but it's a, it's a pure EV designed from the ground up to be one. And it's a very, very good, a good one as well. And you'll pay a little bit more for the style factor, but this is brilliant and it's gone down really well over here. Okay. I was going to ask you how, how it does over there in the UK. Yeah, great. Get the La Prima version with the soft top and you will have the time of your life when the sun comes out. Oh, nice. The sun comes out over there in the UK sometimes? Yeah, it, yeah, it does. There's one day in July when it comes out. Awesome. GMC That's what Sierra... put solar on his house for, for that one <laughs> That's day. Right. That one one day. day. That's right. I've got 17 panels for one day of sunshine. Ooh, 17. <laughs> GMC Sierra EV, first half of 2024. Uh, Denali is coming late 2024. So that, again, we're back. This is the, the GMC version of the Silverado EV. And I think actually this is the more attractive version. I, I like this one better, actually. I, GMC Denali it's just and it's also denali which sounds like i don't know the, the, Alaska. the wild yeah basically it gives you it just sets you up for adventure already in, in in your heart before you grab the wheel um so yeah all the same kind of thing 754 horsepower 785 pound feet of torque 900 9,500 pounds of towing. I think it's a little bit less towing than the silverado for some reason but it'll have that 350 kilowatt peak charge power which is pretty cool. I guess you did some. Did you do some H some Hummer EV charging recently, Kyle? Um, Maybe I saw somebody else. We did. We did a comparison to the Cybertruck. Ah, uh, uh, right, right, right. That's right. Yeah. And it rips up to three hundred fifty in the Hummer. Or not quite. Actually, I just heard of someone who did three hundred and seventy-seven kilowatts on a Hummer EV uh, mm. on, a, on an experimental charger that that can deliver you know megawatts of power. Um, and it seems like we've been maxing out the chargers, but not the Hummer, uh, wow. which is really crazy. So yeah, 377 kilowatts on that bad boy. And, you know, it sounds like if you keep climate control off in the Hummer, which we knew this, it kind of freaks out if you run HVAC, uh, perhaps GM is altering the curve a little bit. So what I really need to do is if any of our viewers have a Hummer EV, uh, pickup truck, I want the big battery edition one. Uh, and I also need to do an SUV, I guess. I could probably run back to California and borrow DGDGs. I need to relog some charging curves, make sure we're accurate on all of our stuff, because I think GM's improved them. Same with the Lightning, actually, since the last time we've tested those vehicles. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, just a little optimization to do here. Uh, but but regardless, on the Silverado EV topic, uh, the, the GMC variants have always kind of been my favorite of the bunch. Uh, you know, because it was always a little bit more premium, but didn't carry the pretentiousness of the Cadillac. It was always a little bit more work focused, but then also with the Denali trim or especially Denali Ultimate, you get a little bit more nice stuff in there. Here you have, you know, Super Cruise, four wheel steering, all the good stuff in a truck. And, you know, I, I think this thing will do more than 400 miles on a charge with that big ass 214 kilowatt hour battery pack. Oh, yeah. Man, this could be a range test. Oh my God, you got to go all the way to Wyoming with that. Maybe well, not. yeah, I mean, what what <laughs> what I actually really want to do is I want to take a Lucid Air Grand Touring on the Aero wheels and a Silverado EV work truck with the big battery and see which one actually goes farther side by side. Ooh. Because in the Lucid, we came in under EPA slightly, okay. and then in the work truck i never ran a 70 mile an hour test but what i did notice was at 70 i was achieving higher than the epa results just by a little bit which means i think i'm not sure what goes farther the big work truck or the lucid air oh that'd be great that'd be fun 
that I'll would be really fun. Yeah, I mean, it's it's smart range versus dumb range. That would be a really interesting comparison. Right on. All right, Honda Prologue, early 2024. That's soon, right? So this is, again, based on the Altium platform, like the Blazer that's uh, under stop sale right now. Altium-based, uh, like Blazer, but hopefully better software, 300-mile range and two-wheel drive, 280 horsepower in all-wheel drive, uh, Two-wheel drive, horsepower unknown. Price upper 40,000s. So, yeah, that's what I have. Price upper 40,000s. I'm not sure what we need to say about this anymore. We can move on. Yeah, driving it in a few weeks. I'll have a full, full everything for you coming soon. Sweet. And to be honest, I don't think anyone's going to watch it because this seems to be, from our audience, like almost the least amount of interest. Oh yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm kind of curious if what Honda can do to store up interest, or if it wants to. Maybe it doesn't have confidence it can get the production numbers that it needs. You know, if it if it you know starts spending a lot of money on marketing and create demand, it, they might not be able to. I don't know. It's a whole calculation they need to to work out for themselves. But yeah, yeah. So the TFL test they ran 70 mile per hour. They didn't drive it all the way to zero, but um, Todd is saying that they averaged more than the EPA. Uh, even at 70 on the highway, which matches my experience with the work truck, the Silverado. Ah, Silverado. So, uh -huh. so, so we really have to do that Silverado versus Lucid thing. Right on. All right. Uh, I'm, so I put this on the list. So it's not really, technically, it's not really a new car, but the Hyundai Ionic 5N in extremely limited quantities and at select dealers in select states is coming in March. And it's on the EGMP platform, of course. But this one with 601 horsepower, 641 uh, with boost, 84 kilowatt hour battery. So 239 kilowatt DC max power. It's a little bit just more of what we like about the Ionic 5. 0 16 3.4 seconds. Getting down close to Model 3 performance territory. But it's got that 162 mile an hour top speed. But it's got stuff like the torque kick drift and end things and boost and grin so little little performance boost things throughout uh kyle you don't have this uh drive for this lined up yet do you nope nope that's gonna be I, i'm wondering if it's gonna be super hard to get into for for journalists here because they're only gonna make a few of them right i have like three different dealers if i can't get one from hyundai who are like you can take the first one oh okay. uh, you know go do some stuff with it so i'm sure i'll get a video on it I, you know, I don't know if I take a dealer car, I might be like, just order a second set of tires because we're going to go have fun. <laughs> right. All right. Uh, so I just want to throw that out there because it's just such a, uh, I don't know, bonkers version of that car. Insane. Anyways. So cool. This is everything right with the world in automotive right here. Yes, because Fast they've re-engineered it. They've redesigned it. It's wider. Uh, it's got the flared wheel arches. It's got different splitters and all sorts. It's, it's it's not just lipstick on a pig. It is absolutely a re-engineered vehicle. I think it won Car of the Year from one of the performance mags, either Car Mag or one of the ones over here. Um, and it just it's gone down really, really well. Right. It's kind of a halo car in a sort of way. But what they're going to sell a lot of, I think, is the Hyundai Ioniq 7. So that's the... Uh, what's current? So right now, all eyes have been on the Kia EV9, but uh, the less and the less boxy Ionic Seven is coming. So expect to see the production version reveal. We have, still haven't seen the production version like reveal yet. 
and the, and we've seen we've had already had the first drive with EV9, and that's you know they're being sold right now actually, right? So it's kind of funny to see them out of phase like this Kia and Hyundai, because it's very similar in size. Um, but the production starts on on the seven in July in Korea, so we're still a little uncertain that it's going to reach the U.S. this year, but I'm, I think it will. I don't know, Kyle or anyone has anyone heard anything about this? Tom's no, shaking his head. I'm, I'm surprised it's this year. I'm absolutely amazed that it's on the on the schedule for this year in the U.S. But I'm delighted that it is. Let's hope it happens. Well, I've got is it. That it's uncertain. Charging ten to eighty percent. Who said that? It, it it's in, it's in somewhere somewhere some found some stats somewhere. I'm not really sure. I don't have the specific. Maybe on the small battery. Because on EV9, only the tiny battery, which is like the Ionic 5 battery, does 18 minutes. But the big battery charges slower, not only in peak speed, but also 10 to 80% time, of course. Yeah, I'm not seeing that on the Hyundai Ionic 7 page. Just which is probably late. the only example in the automotive industry where the big battery charges slower than the small battery. True. Yes. I can't think of another one actually. Yeah, that was kind of odd that bit. Uh, I'll be honest. But... I'll be honest. This has passed me by. This has completely passed me by. I didn't even know this was coming this year. It's amazing that it is. Well, I'm not, we're not positive that it is. We just kind of think it is, but it's going to have to be revealed soon. Like I thought it might be revealed at CES, but then it wasn't. Um, mm. Wow. Okay. And so I don't know what the next auto show is. Geneva? Maybe not. I don't, I don't know. We'll see. Chicago but, Auto Show. No. It's <laughs> not, not revealing anything on that one. <laughs> no. But let's move on to something interesting. Though. Another interesting. Well, yeah, I think this is because this one's. I totally forgot about this thing. The Jeep Recon. So this has got the STLA large architecture platform. It's a midsize SUV with a power folding rooftop and easily removable doors. It's like... Uh, Jeep's answer to the Bronco, I kind of th- feel like 300 miles of range, nearly 600 horsepower, 3.5 seconds, zero to 60, gets a trail rated badge. There's a lot going on with this thing. This is going to be, I don't know. Is this like oh, a big trail set? rated badge is, is nothing to scoff at. That's, you right. know, it can do the Rubicon trail, right? That's pretty crazy. So this looks, this looks like it's built for Colorado. Yeah, I mean, and crazy performance numbers. Those big performance numbers. Like Stellantis has been super quiet on the EV front over here in the U.S., but uh, this year I think they're going to be making like a lot of noise. Like this, I don't know. Does this look like a hit to you, Tom? Well, I don't know about a hit, but it definitely is interesting. Uh, I would be something that I would be interested. in. I know Kyle would love it. Right. Um, you know, it's the 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 market for those the the large. EVs now, you know, that are off-road capable, it's, they're starting to populate, you know, I mean, Rivian was the first to offer something like this, but, um, you know, I, I, I think that there's definitely a good, a good sized market for these adventure vehicles. And if it puts up, uh, say Rivian type capability and in Jeep form, uh, yeah, uh, there's a lot of people that feel very comfortable with the Jeep brand that are, you know, been off-roading and buying off-road vehicles for years that maybe didn't want to take the jump into electric because they didn't want to deal with some company that just started and they never heard of, but um, they feel very comfortable in a Jeep. So yeah, this, this would be really cool if it comes out this year. Right. It's be interesting. I think this is like a competitor to the next Rivian, like the R2 platform. I, I don't sure what the, what the price is on this. I, I feel like it's going to be a lot like 60 ish thousand. I don't know. Oh, probably at least. Uh, right. Yeah, at least. Right. At least. 
I think it's going to be close to like R1S probably when it oh, comes really? out. Maybe a little bit less, you know. I mean, okay. yeah, I mean those are big. We'll see. Big performance numbers for sure, and that's a lot of range. Three hundred plus miles of range, you're saying. So, yeah, what matters is the off-road capability. Let's see how yeah. eventually it is. Yeah, yeah, it's got to right. have got to have probably dual park locks because part of the Rubicon trails, it can do it forwards and backwards and you can put it in park without a handbrake and any portion of the entire trail, uh, which means you can't just lock one axle. So that's actually cool. So they're putting some cost into this would be my guess. Right. It's a good point. Um, and Stellantis has to, at some point admit that they're going to transition to the next, <laughs> you know, they're, they're the last holdout. So at some point they have to, uh, you know, give their uh, potential customers confidence that they'll be able to uh, have access to a lot more chargers out there. So I don't know what the, what's really holding them up. They can't possibly be considering a, a strategy of launching these electric Jeeps and not have Max. Uh, right. But, you know, we'll see. So sticking with Jeeps, they got the Wagoneer S coming out this year as well. That's, again, on the large STLA, large architecture, and 373 miles of range. Six near near 600 horsepower and a 3.5060 in like a full size SUV, like, and it I think it looks really good. I think uh, they've really nailed the, the styling on on the uh, Wagoneer, the Wagoneer S. In this case, they have a, a internal combustion version of the of the Grand Wagoneer, I believe they call it. They also so have think, a regular Wagoneer, right? The look, you know, the, the Grand I think is, looks especially good, and I think some of that translates over here in the in the EV styling. Yeah. It looks I like a Toyota that. Highlander. Oh yeah. I think it looks a little nicer than that. I don't know. This mm. it's I think it's looks close to me. It puts me in mind of the lucid gravity actually in, in some respects, but I don't know if it's maybe that's just the color I'm looking at it in, but it's similar levels of uh, premiumness, I think. It, 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 to me anyway, I don't know. But I, uh, I don't know either. Let's move on to your your next SUV, Kyle. Mine. It's the Lotus Electra. Oh, hell yeah. Love it. Electric I actually was with Lotus Engineering all day yesterday. They were cool. Oh, nice. Electric yeah. premium architecture, EPA, their platform is the EPA. That's great. 109 kilowatt hour battery, 315 miles of range. Uh, the horsepower output range goes from 603 all the way up to 905 horsepower. Uh, the quickest one is 2.7 seconds, zero to 60. Seriously quick uh, price, 115 to $155,000. Good range. Kyle, you drove this. Alyssa loved this. Uh, I think it will do pretty well in the U.S. Or, or could. I don't know. Lotus is not a huge, doesn't have a huge retailer presence here right now. I don't know. Do you think this could change? Yeah, they do in the major cities. So Tallahassee, probably not oh, yeah, known no, no. for their We don't even Lotus. have a Lexus dealer. <laughs> right. But like, you know, LA probably has a couple Lotus dealers as an example. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I think uh, they are going full send. It's very much a Chinese car. Uh, right. And so the charging performance is off the charts. The driving performance was amazing. The build quality, the way they thought through everything, the software integration. Holy smokes. This is what the Chinese are doing. And it's crazy. And the American people need to wake up and the American car companies need to wake up and be like, whoa, our competition is not internal. It is what everyone else is doing outside of our shores. And the, especially the European automakers, too. I mean, this thing is insane. 
uh, in so many ways. And so I, I really am a fan. Um, it's going to be a long time, end of this year, till we see these things come. But okay. my understanding is they're already on sale on the roads in China and perhaps Europe. Yeah, soon. yeah, they're on they're, they're on sale here. Yep, we've got we've okay. got them. They're on they're on the road. There's there's used ones cropping up already. They've got two, three, four thousand miles on. So, oh, wow. uh, yeah, they, 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 I've not I've not seen one on the road uh, um, myself. But inside, as you say, the build quality it feels very premium. Nice choice of fabrics in this and materials. Everything you touch just feels nice. Great infotainment. So yeah, really really good. Let's get you I over like here and get you another one. Yeah, I need to do some videos over there. I like how this guy, Brad, comments. He says, y'all got to stop talking about these EVs that 99.9% <laughs> can't even afford lease payments on. Brad, do you want to show? I mean, we can't talk about nothing all day. Yeah. yeah some of them are cheap, and some, there's a lot of expensive ones. That's just kind of the way it is right now. But there We're are... talking about them all. It's not our fault they keep making them expensive. Right. Yeah. There are some... Hopefully there's some more affordable ones down this list. We'll see. Don't uh, worry. The next one's cheaper. Don't worry. It is not that much cheaper. Because <laughs> uh, if, you, if you like the Lotus uh, Electre, but not you're not into the SUV form factor, they have a, more of a sedan coming as well. The EMEA on the same EPA platform with a slightly smaller battery, 102 kilowatt hours, 10 to 80% in 15 minutes, fast charging. That's what we're talking about. 15 minutes. Okay, so like, I just have to mention this really quick. I met sure. the, the charging interoperability guy for Lotus uh, okay. secretly, not so secretly. Mm -hmm. He had a US spec uh, Electra with a CCS1 port, the only one in the whole country. And because the one I drove was CCS2, and he was doing charge testing, getting it ready for market introduction, all this stuff. And I was like, dude, no way, a freaking Electra. That's crazy. They charge so fast. He goes, this charges fast. You need to see the Amea. The Amea mm. makes this thing look awful from a charging perspective. I'm like, how is that possible? So this is going to be, I think, maybe the next Cannonball car. This is insane. Okay. Okay. Uh, that's that's something to look forward to. Uh, any, did they mention more? I have it on my list for this year. So... 2.5 seconds zero to 60 this thing's gonna be a beast it's quicker it charges faster than the, than the suv yeah 905 horsepower in the top spec r series yeah still maybe not enough power i drove the electra r and i thought it was yeah fine appropriately powered but not crazy like when you nail it in a plaid or something and you go holy smokes yeah yeah that's true that. The plot is a little overwhelming because you nail it at pretty much any speed and you're going, holy smokes. Um, all right. So let's move along. The Lucid Gravity with over 440 miles of range that we just saw a few weeks ago debut. Over 800 horsepower. 0 to 60, less than 3.5 seconds. Uh, it's got a great aerodynamic profile, 0.24 coefficient of drag, which is great for an SUV. I think this is going to really save uh, Lucid's uh just yeah it's gonna save them <laughs> it's a great i think it's a great looking thing and we know that the uh tech underneath of everything is like i don't know class would you say class leading aside from the software maybe well we'll have to see we're not 100 percent sure what the heck they're putting underneath this thing yet oh really it's, oh, yeah, in, it's slightly in, different than the right? It's a different platform than the air platform. And I think maybe different cells. I think it's going to be slightly optimized. And so then the question becomes, okay, the, the Lucid Air always had an incredible powertrain, an incredibly long range, no mm -hmm. question. 
and uh, honestly, fa fairly good charging performance as well, especially down low. It hit a peak very high, 350 kilowatts, 351 I saw in that car. The, I think where Lucid, I hope, spends a lot of time on the gravity is in the, the complete vehicle, really focusing on the quality like the German automakers, really focusing on the integration of everything, that it all totally works, that every module is over-the-air updatable. One thing Lucid does really well is they support their vehicles after sale with a ton of software updates. And now that we're starting to see, in my impression, at least the Electrify America charging network, which is really our only high voltage charging network in the country, uh, other than some EVgo, I guess, is building out quite a few uh, corridor chargers now. Uh, but, but now that the charging seems to, in my impression, be getting better, I'm not saying it's perfect. Uh, this is maybe going to be the ultimate family hauler. And I saw the vehicle got to play around with it uh got to sit inside of it was very impressed but again it comes down to the complete vehicle making sure they really nail it on this one because yeah. the air was great it was the first product they were on an accelerated development cycle with a small team now it just comes down to okay can you wake the the traditional automakers up here the ones that really focus on the seat movement all the little nitpicky stuff and nail it. That's what I'm hoping they can do. Right. Because they've got the potential to be, I mean, they sold 6,000 6, vehicles last year, which is like nothing. They really need to get a high volume vehicle. And this is not even like a high volume vehicle, but they need, I, I feel like they need to get like up to 50,000 of these things out a year. I don't know if that's ridiculous or not. Yeah, and, and what's scary is they were guiding for maybe 12,000, then 10, then 8, and you can't make those, you can't just like they're a publicly traded company. You can't just make stuff up. Uh, some people think you can, but uh, you know that that was based in something. And then the year last year did not go how they thought it was going to go. Demand was not what they thought it would be. And we've talked about this many times before. They're not going bust tomorrow. They're not going anywhere. They've got the no. Saudi public investment fund behind them. Who can bankroll them forever if they wanted to? So all of that talk, which sort of social media gets a bit carried away with which is ah you know they're not selling enough cars they're gonna go away tomorrow no, they're absolutely not but something something happened this year that was not on their roadmap and i'm convinced it's just people getting excited about the products because the products are really good but yeah. who you know uh, try and find a less brutal way of saying it who cares about lucid like i do we do we think they're great but right. it, it needs to reach farther and wider than this this right. echo chamber that we're in with 500 you know 20,000 other people who we watch this in time delay so it needs to get bigger than that and that's loose i think that's lucid's problem but so anyway. i i don't know much about that i'm not a company analyst i don't ever factor in production stuff because i'm i just don't even understand it i don't want to understand it what but what, on the vehicle side the one thing that when you look at Tesla, from my opinion, is it's not just the car. It's the entire ecosystem of Tesla. It's, a, it's the reason I use an iPhone and I use a MacBook because everything talks to each other. And I think as we start to see Lucid's ecosystem around the car from a charging you know, really great charging to a fantastic app integration to their referral program to perhaps some other events and things that they can really tie in this enthusiast owner base. 
then we'll start to see, okay, people buying into the Lucid ecosystem. And I think we'll see a lot of air owners purchase a Gravity, those that have had a great experience with their vehicle. I know so many people that love their Lucids. I know so many people that have been annoyed with their Lucids, especially the early ones. It just depends on if you're someone who really cares about that final software, that final, you know, material quality, which a lot of, I imagine, Lucid customers do because they're coming from Audi, Mercedes, and, and these German car companies. And um, my my hope for Lucid is that they survive because I think they're the only, um, only company publicly, I, I do believe Tesla has a lot of this as well, but the only company publicly leading sort of an engineering first approach, which is look at how we're pushing the boundaries. And that to me is just exciting. So, um, you know, Tesla's doing something similar, especially with Cybertruck, new materials, new construction methods. Certainly, I don't think the complete vehicle worked out that great on that one. Uh, there still was room for improvement, especially from range and charging and all that stuff. But I think Lucid's uh, engineering talent uh, probably is uh, suited perfectly for the gravity product. Right. Right. Thank you for that. Uh, let's move on. The Maserati Gran Turismo Fulgari EV modified Giorgio platform, 92.5 kilowatt hours, 83 usable, tri motor, 1207 horsepower, and 99 pound feet of torque. These are the big numbers you were talking about earlier, Kyle. 2.70 to 60, $170,000. That's crazy. So we're talking about expensive EVs. Here's another like super expensive EVs. Will it make uh, Maserati relevant again? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Maserati has a is a as always one of these weirdly positioned companies, and maybe y'all have a different uh, perspective over in the UK, Martin. What, what's your thoughts, real quick, on on Maserati as a brand and this maybe this car, how it fits in? Uh, one of those, it's like owning an Alfa Romeo uh, in 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 sort of in terms of brand that if you are into it and you will forgive it its inevitable flaws, it'll be the most favorite thing you've ever owned possession in your life. So if you're a fan of Maserati, it's going to feel so special driving this vehicle. Um, and yeah, of course, super, super pricey and not for everyone. But fans of the brand will need to be convinced to give up the noise and the drama and all of that we talked about this a million times before and yeah. that's the big that you know for ferrari for maserati for lamborghini any anything that thrives on drama and presence and show um maserati less than those supercars of course but that's that's the challenge right. it's got to be got to be really special yeah so let's move to something more um, practical actually First... i'm sorry to interrupt oh. but i figured we should just throw it in the show uh yeah. tesla just hit me with a marketing email or like a oh. sales uh, text message. They text okay. me. It's it's Sammy with Tesla. And they said, Tesla just announced that you can now claim the federal tax credit at the point of sale. So on, there's your option. Uh, this oh, will be an option in the Tesla app after you place a reservation. Uh, qualifying cars are any Model Y except for the rear wheel drive Model Y and the base Model X and performance Model 3. The Model 3 long range and rear wheel drive do not qualify for the tax credit. Right. And they don't have the Model 3 performance on, on the site anymore. You have to go to the inventory find oh, a Model really? 3. Yeah. 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 There's it's only Highlands, really? Long Range, and uh, and Rural Drive, I believe, on the, on the site now. So if you want a performance uh, Tesla Model 3, you need to, you have to buy the older one, of course. And right. they're only on the inventory sites. Okay. And, so then any Model Y, pretty much, except for the rear wheel drive one. Yeah. 
Cool. It's a weird situation. But I figured, you know, that was weird that Tesla didn't have it. Now they have it. Right. And it's weird that they text you and not me. Maybe I need to buy some more Teslas or something. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, Mercedes e-sprinter. So we're talking, you have an e-sprinter or you have a sprinter. You have the regular sprinter that's been Mm -hmm. kitted out for RVing. But there's Mm -hmm. an e-sprinter coming. The EP doc says it has 115 kilowatt hour battery. Website claims 113 kilowatt hours usable. Uh, range is 249 miles WLTP. So I don't know, real world, but I'm, I suspect it's going to be pretty close to 200. I don't know. Uh, 10 to 80% charging in 42 minutes, not class leading, maybe, but, and it's only 115 kilowatt in rural drive. Like standard motor puts at 100 kilowatts 134 horsepower the high output model has 150 kilowatt motor for 201 horsepower i don't know think you're gonna build these in the u.s too right that's more power than my sprinter it's only got 186 horsepower really yeah but big torque because it's a diesel right 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 and it's and it's also has a multi-gear transmission yeah it's got a seven speed it's been a while since i've driven it seven speed right um, yeah, so that's coming. That's kind of uh, nice as a kind of different kind of form factor than we don't have a whole lot of vehicles in that form factor, right? They Already? charge really well, by the way. These, oh, do they? Yeah, they were doing like 140 kilowatts at 60 something percent, okay. which is like way better than the e transit, which like kind of has a bad charging curve, right? I'm not so, sure why this has like... that's an option, Kyle. I think like the stand, the base one comes with like 50 kilowatt DC fast charging, and then there's an option to get the 140 or 150 that feels That's very a, euro i don't is that from the u.s ordering guide you know i haven't looked at the u.s ordering guide i went the, to the like the small private reveal event for this over a year ago yeah and and that's what i was told and i asked them specifically about u.s i thought that that was going to be that that could. case also but may, maybe not it could that'd be dumb because there's no hardware limitation right and I, I'm, I mean, the numbers I have are 10 to 80 percent in 42 minutes, which is not great, right? No, not good. But peak not charge power I, is 115 kilowatts. I have. No, yeah, I saw this thing doing more. Don't, okay. Don't, don't forget, for I, my, I, I don't think that the DC fast charge rate is very important for this vehicle. I really don't. Right. But okay. people that use these are not DC fast charging them. These are businesses yeah. that uh, are buying them specifically because the use case for their specific fleet. Is, is well within the range of the vehicle. These are all going to go back to a depot at night and plug in and, and level two charge overnight. Now, when I say all, of course, there are certain c- circumstances where having robust DC fast charge rate would, would benefit. But I think that is for less than 10% of the overall market for e-sprinters. Um, they, these are delivery vehicles. These have set routes. So often they have set routes. My my uncle owns a v- vending company here in New Jersey. Um, he has like 25 sprinters and he knows exactly how far his, at least his fleet manager knows exactly how far each one drives every day along their routes. <laughs> they're out of the shop at like <laughs> five in the morning, you know, and they're back by three o'clock, four o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> and then they can plug in and and recharge overnight. So I don't think, D- I think we're, I think DC fast charge rate on these sprinters is not, what as important it is, is on other vehicles. Oh, These are right. Right. Well, you, might, you might be right on that 115 number because it was doing 115 kilowatts at 72%. Okay. But at least it's got a good curve. Right. 
Yeah. So that's, uh, that'll be good to see those over here anyway. We need some, we need the East printers and electric, good, some good delivery vans. We have another one coming up down on the list as well that it's kind of been flying under the radar. Uh, next, though, is the Mercedes Benz EQG. So built on the modified ICE platform. It gets a silicone anode battery from the U.S. firm SILA, S-I-L-A. It's got four motors, and it can do the tank turn, which we saw. They'd, so for CES, they had several of them, three or four of them, doing tank turns on, on the Las Vegas Strip. Down the, they, they went to the pavement. So they, you know, cause I think need, it was just raining outside. Really? Okay. Just, that was my I, I, that was my guess. Maybe they did wet the pavement. I mean, I don't know how you do it without like I on mean, dry pavement. I think it would. I mean, or, maybe it will do it. <laughs> if, I kind of would like to see it, but it sounds like it would kind of tear stuff up a bit, you know? Yeah, just tires. Yeah. Anyway, it looks pretty cool. If you if you just Google like Las Vegas EQG. Uh, tank turn, you'll you'll see them doing their thing. <laughs> it's pretty hilarious. Uh, I think Mercedes says, "Don't do that on public roads, please." Uh, but, <laughs> Too yeah. bad if a dude honks at me at a traffic light. Whoop! <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> so I, I, I talked to uh, the 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 CEO of uh, Mercedes uh, US a couple of years ago at, at an event, and he was so excited about the EQG. And this was like a couple of years before it's even to this stage, and he was already very you know, juiced about it. It's all he really wanted to talk about, but he couldn't. Uh, yeah, a lot of excitement about this. Uh, one coming your way, Tom. You need some. You need some G class luxury in your life. Yeah, I, I don't know. I well, think Meredith my, does. My, my aunt, who's the wife of my uncle that owns that vending company, actually loves G wagon. She's on like her third. She gets a new one like every three years. But um, I don't know if she's ready for electric yet. As uh, even though I keep pushing them in that direction, but. Uh, yeah, no, it's probably not for me. I'm not, I'm not a G wagon guy. I'm, okay. I'm not. I, I've driven hers plenty of times. I'd much rather drive my Rivian or Lightning or even, you know, a, even a, a more of a Jeep guy than than a G wagon. So, uh, right. you know, they're cool vehicles, but it's just not my cup of tea. All right, let's let's go down. Let's move wait, to something. Wait, I just oh. have to mention something. Sure. The G wagon is built to be tougher than pretty much any series production car on the planet. It is insane. I know the durability test engineers because I did a video with them uh, on the Shuckle Mountain in Austria right. where the you know, Magna does everything G for Mercedes. Uh, right. And of course they sponsored us. So we got to do all the G class stuff. I have never driven. I've drove right where all these shots are in a G going, mm -hmm. you know, about just as fast as this dude was. I've never been so abusive on a vehicle in my life. Like I thought that we were going to rip the freaking wheels off this thing. It was painfully. I mean, the, the test drivers all have back problems because they, they literally, the human can't take what the G wagon takes and they can't put air suspension on the G wagon because it'll blow out the air suspension. Wow. It's insane. The ab abuse it could take. And then I looked at the odometer and the thing had 60,000 miles of doing what I had just done and no rattles. And I'm just like, okay, G wagons uh, that sold me forever, forever. Yeah, Jordan was with me on the shuckle. Yeah, every G wagon has a shuckle proved uh, sticker uh, uh, or or badge. It's not a sticker; it's like a metal badge carved into the the B pillar. And it's just it makes Jeeps trail rated stuff look silly. I mean, this was abusive. It was crazy. It right is. 
is, is there's something about uh like a it's i don't know if it's like an urban myth or something that if you do the shockle mountain route isn't there like a spirit or like something that you drink at the end of it or is that an urban myth um i don't think i heard of it but i also did the shuckle in a pin scour six by six which was oh, okay. really cool i think there's something about if you do it in a g-wagon they have like a very special it's not it's not a vodka it's something in the comments somebody Snaps. will know whether i'm making that up completely i thought my sir Ola Kalenius talk about it once and um okay. so that when, when you've done the route that you, you then finish with this very special sort of not aperitive thing but uh, somebody will know somebody will know maybe i'm making and it all up yes should you all buy g-wagons absolutely yes, i mean if you absolutely. can afford a g-wagon it is unbelievable quality unbelievable quality and the crazy part is they do all this engineering all this durability testing so that Alyssa can drive the dogs to get to the groomer i mean right, that's ultimately right. how it's used that's the, <laughs> it's like the most off-roading most g-wagons ever get is like driving on a few inches of sand in the hamptons you know it's right. like like it, 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 the people that own these don't don't abuse them and take them off road it's it's almost a shame how insanely well built they are and capable because right. they don't get used for that well there's going to be I a guarantee. small subset of of oh yeah who, i'm sure there is yeah sure there, there, there must be then, there must be my, small, my neighbor my neighbor has one and he's into like uh sort of uh, the surf stuff and um all the water sports and what have you that's never gone anywhere near you know reversing a boat into the water never it's always immaculate he owns uh, a business so he, do, he does okay but um like i've never seen that anything but sparkling like fresh from his detailer like he's never ever gone anywhere near anything remotely dirty with his <laughs> with that um but it is beautiful and i'm very envious and he's got all the windows blacked out and stuff because i don't know he thinks he's a pimp or something i'm not sure maybe All that's right. his business Mark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah the whole the whole cash registers business that's <laughs> yeah. it's not so, really cash registers so the uh, the, mini, <laughs> the, the uh, mini countryman ev is coming this year it's got a 64.7 kilowatt hour battery 245 miles of range 313 horsepower a bunch of torque 363 foot pound 5.2 to 60 so a pretty happy little for a countryman, you know, EV, uh, max charge power is up to 130 kilowatts. Uh, I don't Who's have a, this guy. I've been trying to figure that out. I'm not sure. Why is he on the front page of the website? Is he, I've, I assume he's an actor. It's Max. Just some, just some guy. You need to the Max. So Maybe that's tall. Max. I don't know. Yeah. He's, he's a giant in the land of mini, basically. Yeah. Maybe. What it reminds me of, uh, website. Reminds me of the actor who does the Lincoln commercials, Matthew McConaughey, a little bit, a little bit younger. Matthew is that how you know Matthew McConaughey is Lincoln commercials? Yeah. Plus, I saw a movie he was in once. I forget <laughs> which one. <laughs> yeah, actually, he's a good actor, Matthew. Um, but yeah, that's uh, Mini Country Mini EV. I think you you drove, you know you didn't drive this. So you had walk around videos with this, right? Kyle? Yeah, I made, made some videos. I also drove the iX1 on what this is based. It is the sure. lowest voltage uh, battery pack I've ever tested. It's like 270 volts low on the low end. Really low. Um, mm. Yeah, I don't know what to say about it other than I'm, I'm a huge mini enthusiast. I've owned right. a couple Countrymen's. Uh, we used to be super involved with minis and going to all the events and, you know, just really loved the community. Uh, I think that some of the enthusiasm has certainly drained over the years, but, but ultimately the, the countryman electric is 
not enough car for America. I took the IX one on the road trip uh, in a video on my personal YouTube channel, just called Kyle Connor recently. And, you know, did, did high speed cruising, charging, just to kind of get a sense of what the countrymen might be like. And it's, it's minimum acceptability uh, for European market might be not even acceptable for here, to be honest. Uh, but the interior is amazing. The, the new UI with this OLED and this mini OS 9 is really cool. It's certainly going to bring a smile to your face every day. And if you, you charge it home, it's going to be fine. But it also has battery preconditioning. It's certainly like better than the Toyota BZ4X, if you will, even if it has maybe less range than that car. Right. Yeah, I think uh, the, the, uh, the styling is going to be appeal to a, you know a certain like a smaller market niche, but I think they'll really enjoy you know the car they have because it's, it's not, there's nothing out there quite like it. You know, uh, thank you very much, Tim Tim Ojeski, for that generous gift. We really appreciate that. That's awesome, and also eCar eBooks. Thank you. Um, Holy moly! I've just seen the time. I've I've haven't got a huge amount before I have to go do uh, school pickup. Okay, let's show, let's, show let's, biz life. Show biz life. Um, we are getting through them, but we've got a few yeah, cars still let's, to let's go. go. Let's go. Yeah, Polestar three, SUV. Polestar four. <laughs> one's a coupe. One's the SUV coupe. One is uh, not. Uh, SUV. Polestar three is coming first, I believe. Oh, and that's okay. like a. Let's just sedan. hammer through. We'll just give you thumbs up, medium, or down <laughs> on each one. Let's do okay. it, Tom. As I, Polestar as I said, 3. In the news at the, at the beginning, Polestar 4 started deliveries yesterday, or day before, in China. 800 delivered already. Okay. So, yeah, that's coming here this year. And uh, both of these are kind of interesting, but and, and we've, we've talked about them in the past. So let's move on. The Ram 1500 Rev coming Q4 of 2024. Yes. Uh, SCLA body on frame architecture, 168 kilowatt hour battery for 350 miles of range, or a 229 kilowatt hour battery picking the GM approach, 500 miles of range. They're saying DC max power, 350, yes. 350 kilowatts, bi directional charging. <laughs> and it's got all this stuff. You know, I I don't know. Because maybe it's just because Stellantis was so slow getting into the electric space. I didn't really pay them a lot of attention. But, but looking at this truck, I think it's my favorite. Get this. Yeah, I get the, what the range extender. I don't know if it's going to. So it's the first year. It's like one of the first products. I'm worried it's not going to. It's going to be. I think there's going to be issues probably with the initial ones. But this is what know, a truck. I, this is what a truck should do, though. This is exactly the range extender inside it. This is what it should do uh, for the next few years. Well, this one's we... not the range extender, though. This is not the range extender. No, one. but the, the range extender is what it is what the vehicle should do. For the rest of this decade and however long this transition takes and we should oh, no, be... let's see that's a ram charger that's coming this is the other one okay they have two they have the 1500 rev and then the right. ram charger other oh, ram charger is what it is exactly what it should be but that's not out this year right that's going to be probably yeah. early next year uh, yeah. i thought you were talking so about this... both of them apologies right no it's all right so this is like the battery electric version which is you know the other one is they're both amazing kind of products that you know i think will depending on pricing do pretty well and depending on whether or not they, they work really well but uh moving along to another vehicle from ram is the ProMaster ev so this was supposed to be launched last year in the middle of last year and then it was supposed to be launched at the end of last year but then they had a big strike and stellantis pulled out of the la auto show i thought it was going to be launched at ces but i didn't see anything about it so i'm not sure what's going on with this it's based on the combustion ProMaster. it's a van we're talking about a van it's like a utility van Hmm. Um, the EPA doc says it's got a 55.3 kilowatt hour battery, which is not huge. 
275 horsepower. So this is kind of like the Fiat E Ducato they have over there in Europe. Yep. Which, and they have, but they have like two different batteries. They have like a smaller battery, a 47 kilowatt hour battery. Then they have a 79 kilowatt hour battery. I kind of feel like, although the EPA documents just mentioned this one 55.3 kilowatt hour battery, I believe there is a larger one coming as well. And yeah, so so I don't know. We're, we're waiting to hear some news on about this, and yeah, I expected that we'd know about it by now, but we don't. And so we're going to just move on. Range Rover Electric. This one caught me by surprise. Thumbs up from Kyle. That this Ranger. year? Is that really this year? I know. I know. I was surprised. I didn't have it on the list because I didn't think it was. I thought it was like a 2025 thing. But That's the Range Rover Sport. On the picture. Okay. okay. Yeah. What, what have I done? Um, module, uh, Modular Longitudinal Architecture MLA. Uh well, that's the hybrid version. Yeah. yeah, they have a five. They have a all electric version. They have a plug-in hybrid uh, with a thirty-one point eight kilowatt hour battery for forty miles of all electric range, and then they have a hybrid, just a regular hybrid. So the EV though is eight hundred volt, and it's uh, on the long wheelbase version, and it should be I a three world. Be a real world range. <laughs> that's nice. They're like, ignore this stupid test cycle. We got to tell you that legally. But here's what right. you actually get. Nice of them to do that. It is a rear steering coming to this too, which would be nice in the in the long wheelbase. Uh, uh, yeah. Standard. I drove is... one with a standard wheelbase recently, and it had rear steer. Okay. Oh. Oh. Cool. I did not know. I always watch. I've watched some British uh, uh, TV shows, and and the the higher up detectives always drive like the Range Rovers or. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's I'm the, the resident Range Rover enthusiast. I own two of them. And uh, a fully electric Range Rover seems right up my alley. Is it this or an electric G? That's the tough decision. Ooh. Uh, man. Range Rover's bigger, so Range Rover. Mm, but but G-Wagon, so G. G-Wagon is like <laughs> <bigger>. <laughs> I, I actually think I don't love the current generation Range Rover as much as the older ones. And so right. my excitement for this one's a little bit down. Um, yeah. Yeah, this this new new generation of Range Rover looks a lot like the last one, so I, I was kind of hoping for a bit more of an evolution, but I guess it is what it is. I don't know. I mean, I think any Range Rover you sit inside an HSE and you just realize <laughs> HSE is a top spec. Yeah, I haven't got enough money to own one of these. Like that's like that is just it's just it it's just the best vehicle in the world, isn't it? The rain the the top a top end Range Rover. If you just need one thing, one vehicle to do that. everything. Yeah. yeah, it's that. That's the vehicle that will do anything at all, and now make it electric. So, absolutely, okay. we're getting pretty close down here now. Uh, Vinfast VF, Vinfast VF nine seven seat three row SUV already sold in Vietnam. The company should have a, a, an announcement about the U.S. market soon. They have uh, one here, uh, right? The, they have a hundred twenty three kilowatt hour battery, three hundred thirty miles of range. Those numbers look great. Uh, Six point five seconds zero to sixty. $80,000 basically starting point. That's a little bit difficult to take from a new startup, but I don't know. Let's see, see it run next to the uh, Lucid Gravity, I guess. I don't know how you choose this over Gravity, but... Yeah, come on. Yeah, You're not parking know. this thing next to a Gravity and taking the VIN fast, but you know, time I mean, will tell. Looks... Maybe there's some magic we don't know about in this thing. Right. I mean, the design is good. It's a pin for Farina design. It looks good. Yeah, it looks great. But, but, but you know, it's the, 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 uh, the proof is in the driving. 
so we'll have to see how that goes. So uh, moving along, the one of the most an highly anticipated cars of 2025 or 2024 this year is the Volvo EX30 Sustainable Experience Architecture 2. That's the C2 uh, platform from Geely Group, which is you know the Chinese owners of Volvo now. Compact crossover. 639 kilowatt hour battery, 275 miles of range in the rural drive, 265 in the all-wheel drive, 10 to 80% charging, uh, 26 minutes. So not super, not class leading charging, but okay, decently fast, I guess. Uh, what's the what's the big numbers here? Zero to 60 in 5.3 seconds for the rural drive. 3.6 seconds for the all-wheel drive, and then starts at 34,950 MSRP. So that's a big number for the for this is the MSRP, and a lot of people are super enthusiastic about it. It looks awesome from the outside, but I think people are going to end up buying the Kia EV3, which is not on my list. I don't think that's coming here this year, but uh, early early in 2025, I think it's coming, which is very similar. I think in well, size do you to think this. People are going to buy an EV3 over an EX30. If well, if they're looking at, I think the people are looking at the EX30 and seeing that thirty-five thousand price tag, and then when they go to spec what they want, it's going to be forty-five. Yeah. So I, I think they're going to be able to get what they want for a lot less in the Kia EV3, and still have great well, what styling. What makes you think that's not going to get specced up to forty-five? Because it's a Kia. No, yeah. but Kia EV9 is ninety grand or yep. eighty grand, whatever sure. they are. Right. Um. Yeah, I just ex I just expect it to be a little bit under the under the Volvo mm, as far as yeah, price but then goes. You, yeah, then, then you pay up for the Volvo badge and oh, yeah, Volvo's are the nice. Price is going to be closer than you think, Tom. I think uh, I think the Volvo is going to the X nine or EX thirty is going to do really good. As, you know, people are going to drive it, but I think you know a lot of people that are looking at it now are looking at that price tag, and I think once they look at what kind of spec they want, that's not going to be the you know they're not going to be they're going to be paying more than, than i think the average transaction price is going to be closer to 45 50 then you're probably right you're not gonna they're not gonna be selling boatloads of these at thirty five thousand. the dealers probably won't even get many of the base with with no options at thirty five thousand. You're you're probably right it's probably going to be the average price of 45 grand and you'll probably spec it for up to 50 and over if you really get top of the line trim with everything in it but I still think it's a good deal for this vehicle. And, you know, we yeah. talk a lot about the used secondhand market. How about these in two years when they're used, um, you know, get picking up one for like 30 grand? What a, what a deal is that going to be? You know, and even wait three years out, you'll be able to get these for under the $25,000, uh, you know, used vehicle uh, in tax incentive. And you'll be able to get the tax incentive on, on them and be driving around with a, a, a two and a half, three-year-old EX30 for 20, 21 grand out of pocket. So I, I think I, I think this is going to be a big vehicle for Volvo. I think you're going to sell a ton of them. And over here, they're really pushing the subscription thing as well. Uh, and it's not a huge amount of money. And I think they could deliver within three to five months. They're making plenty of these in China. They'll be made in Ghent as well. They'll be made in Europe. And um, I, I specced one of these up the other day uh, just to see what the delivery times were saying on their website. I, I did kind of reasonably base spec, and it was £700 a month or so on their subscription. Not the cheapest way to get a car. I will say that, by the way. But if you want one quickly and you want to have it for a month or two and go, nope, not for me, have it back, Volvo. That's that's the good. That's the premium you're paying for subscription. And, um, and delivery was really quick. 
it was certainly before summer. So I want to say that they've started delivering these already. Am I going crazy? In the, not in the US, I don't think. No, no, no. I mean, in like, I think I thought there was some in maybe Portugal or Spain just before Christmas. Or... Oh, I think I think that could be. I think that very well could be actually. I, I I thought we'd have heard more about either real world reviews or YouTube and true, stuff. right? Sure, I might be making that. Yeah, up. I mean, this has had it's created such a buzz over here. At least I'm not sure how it is in, in Europe because you have so many options over there that we don't get here. It could, it could get lost in the mix. I guess I don't know. Uh, but we should we gotta move on. We have three more three more. Volvo EX90, three row SUV built on the SPA platform, 300 miles of range, 10 to 80 percent in 30 minutes, uh 402 horsepower twin motor, 5.7 seconds zero to sixty. The uh, performance version gets 4.7 zero to sixty, which is a lot quick for a huge SUV. And start, starting price is seventy-six thousand. Uh, six hundred ninety-five dollars, so not cheap. Right up there in that gravity kind of range again. I'm looking at, and uh, also high spec EV9, Kia EV9. Maybe not. I don't know. You drove the Kia EV9, but you haven't driven this yet, uh, Kyle. But your expectation of the X90. What do you What do you think? I think it's going to be a huge competitor. People are going to love these things. There's so many Volvo buyers that only want the special sauce that volvo can provide and this is where you're going to have that sort of swedish minimalism with a you know a very i would say gentle image driving down the road it's going to have pretty cool driver assistance pretty great sound system we know that from the current xc90 as one of the best sound systems in any car uh, yeah, I'm so excited for this. What I am not excited for is trying to help our viewers understand if they should buy an EX90, an R1S, a uh, EV9. These are like the three-row SUV lineup is coming. And by the yeah. time these vehicles come, the EQS SUV is used. They're going to be in the 60s or less. And so then right. it's like, do you go used EQS or do this? And it's going to get really complicated. Wow, that's uh, that's a, I was just listening to that it sounds like a good video actually. EQS compared to you know like a new uh, Volvo EX90 for one, that'd be great. I kind of like the I kind of like the vibe of the Volvo more than the Mercedes, though. If I'm being honest, yeah, you look you, the the image of rolling up in the EX90 versus the EQS is a better one. It's just to me, I mean, yeah. yeah. Volkswagen ID Buzz is coming this year. MEB platform, 86 kilowatt hours, usable battery. Rural drive has 260 miles of range. A uh, little disappointing there, I, I feel. Uh, all wheel drive, 252 miles of range, 10 to 80% in 30 minutes. Uh, I don't know. Kyle, we were promised, uh, I thought originally 111 kilowatt hour battery coming for this thing. And, and I don't know, if that, is that a future option? Do we know about? No, it sounds like this is what we're getting, at least in the short term. No, I hadn't heard of anything bigger, but I know it's going to charge really well in terms of a curve. These things sure. just rip. I think it's under 50 minutes, 0 to 100%. Okay, that's so, not bad. Yeah, you're going to have to do the deep charges because of it's a brick going down the road. So, you right. know, when you're in a Volkswagen ID buzz on a road trip, you're probably not in a rush to get anywhere. You're reliving the 60s. You're probably not a hundred percent in the right mental space, and you're just like, if it takes an hour to charge, who cares? 
<laughs> uh, I don't think you're going to be doing anything. You know, this is not a cannonballing car, but this is a car to drive around, take the kids to school. It's like part minivan, part heritage mobile, really cool. And uh, but it, but it should be a pretty practical family hauler. Certainly uh, going back to the the fun aspect of these uh, SUVs uh, or vans. This the the main benefit of this over the other vehicles are the sliding doors. It's actually mm -hmm. so much easier to get people in and out of this uh, than an EV9, which if you're going on a lot of road trips, EV9 is the clear choice over ID Buzz just because of that charging performance. Mm -hmm. But this is nice. It's basically what we have. This is like the new minivan. Basically, we don't have an electric minivan. This is as close as we get to it if you don't count the uh, the Chrysler, uh, which we call it. Pacifica <laughs> plug-in hybrid. Let's rip. Let's go. Any more? Volkswagen ID7. Last one. Good. MEB, MEB platform with software. Audi 4. Quality. Oh. oh, sorry. Go ahead. You're saying Go ahead. More. Audi quality. What? Audi quality with a Volkswagen badge, long range, great software. Finally, Tom's made a whole video with Jordan about this one. I've driven it as well. Okay. I don't like, really like the way it looks, but it's a hatchback. It's practical. It's a good, if you need a company car, this is the reasonable choice. Is this more model S size or model three size? In between ish, closer to model S. Okay, with the lift back, back. I think this is. I, I feel like uh, Volkswagen really has to get some marketing out about this car. It seems like really good, and I haven't heard anything about it. It's not no on one's anybody's gonna buy radar. It. No it's one's going to buy it. It's a, well, it's a it's a sedan for one, right? Instead it's, of an SUV. The Volkswagen Arteon is an awesome car that no one's ever heard of. The ID7 will be another one. Unfortunately, this is just my prediction. All right, it is unfortunate because man, it drove extremely well and i love it when i get surprised when uh, i'm driving vehicles uh, too often when we go on these these tests our our expectations are high are super high so when we drive the vehicles for the first time we're just kind of like yeah that was okay you know but i kind of got blindsided by this probably my own fault because i didn't do a lot of research ahead of time and i really talked to kyle about his experience with it and so forth and um and when I was with Jordan, just driving it, we were just going back and forth, kind of even off camera saying like, I, I, I can't believe how how great this vehicle drives. Like for a, a full size uh, family sedan, this is what I'd want to be driving in on long, long road trips. If it could charge, you know, say as well as a, as a Model S, I would take that in a second over a Model S to drive across country. So, you know, it really was super impressive to me. It, it, the vehicle, the new um, software, was it was it 4.0 software they call yes. it? Um, uh, it's so snappy. It, 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 it righted all the wrongs of the original ID4's software issues. That was really the biggest problem with ID4, in my opinion, because otherwise I, I loved ID4. Um, you know, I was just genuinely, it made me smile the whole the whole road trip. I didn't want to give the car back. And that doesn't happen a lot. We get to drive a lot of vehicles. And um, it was kind of like going to a movie. It's the same thing with going to movies. You get so hyped up. And then you see the movie. And when you're walking out, you're like, yeah, that was worth going to. But like inside, you're saying to yourself, like, I was expecting more. Uh, but then you go to that movie that you didn't hear of. Like your spouse is like, let's go see this movie. And you, you don't even know what it is. And you watch it. You're like, wow, that was a great movie. I, I wasn't expecting this. That's how I felt with ID7. Uh, after driving it, I was like, man, this is a great car. But is anybody in the U.S. going to buy it? You know, and, and Kyle doesn't believe so. He's probably right. And that's unfortunate because if you're looking for uh, an EV in that form factor, do yourself a favor and go drive the ID7. I thought it was a great vehicle.
Awesome. The range will be good. It's going to be expensive, but it'll have a lot of content. Yes, it's got the new motors. And actually, if you want the, if you like the ID4, if you prefer the ID4, the new 2024. 2024 uh, ID4 with the new software and the new motors for more range and everything. March comes out. They're they're telling me it's coming out around March. It's not even on their website yet. It's still 2023 on their website, but something to look forward to. That brings us to the end of our show. If you have any questions or comments, please leave us. Please leave us. Uh, please leave them below. <laughs> or get in touch with us on our, on the social media platform of your choice. And don't forget, you can uh, if you like the show, you can give us a thumbs up. Lots of thumbs up. Thank you. Click subscribe. Tap that bell icon for notifications. Thank you all very much for joining us. We appreciate having you here and being with us for this show. It's 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 going to be a great year. Uh, thank you all very much for joining us, and we'll see you again very soon. Ciao.